It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Tuesday, May 30th, 2017. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani back inside our New York City studio. Tuesday is the new Monday. Just for this week only. Don't worry. We're back on Monday next week, but we were off yesterday, as you may have heard or seen, because it was Memorial Day here in the United States, a very important day. A time to remember, a time to give thanks, a time to pay our respects for those who sacrificed their lives for this great country. So always important to take that day off and and reflect. And we were uh, more than willing to do so. So we're on Tuesday this week. And as you know, I sometimes feel guilty when I leave you hanging, when I don't give you... I, I I like routine. I like when things stay the same. So I feel bad. I know some of you feel bad. So I like to make it up to you with a great lineup. And I think we did that this week. Also, last week, we gave you an hour extra. Hopefully that held you over for the for the one day in which we were late. So a lot to discuss this week. Of course, uh, a very busy week in MMA. Last week, a lot of news. A lot of things happening. UFC was back in Stockholm, Sweden. What a performance by Alexander Gustafsson. Not only does he knock out Glover Teixeira with a series of uppercuts, maybe his best performance, certainly as of late, but then he tops it off with the classic proposal to his girlfriend, the mother of his child. I love the way he said it. Thanks for having a kid. Uh, Nothing, in my opinion, will ever top Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth way back in the day. Uh, But this was fun. This was a nice moment in front of his home country. The second proposal in a UFC octagon this month. The first, of course, um, at UFC 211 not that long ago. No, excuse me. Uh, Wait, wait. We had had Pennington and Tisha Torres. That was the, the, the first. And then we had another one recently. But that wasn't in the octagon. This was in the octagon, which was the one. Something happened recently where someone proposed to uh, to a loved one in the cage. Or maybe I'm just imagining these things. I know what happened recently. Anyway, Alexander Gustafsson, great moment for him. Great moment for his now fiance. Uh, a nice return for the UFC to Stockton. Volkan Ozdemir with the shocker of all shockers, knocking out Misha Serkinov in the first round. In a matter of seconds, who saw that coming? And now somewhat justifying that fifth-ranked uh, spot that he's in in the light heavyweight division. I didn't understand it. I don't think a controversial split decision win over OSP, um, if we're going to compare it to Serkinov's record going into that fight, equals you know four straight impressive wins inside the octagon. But now he picked up that win. He wants Jimmy Manuel. Let's see what happens there. Of course, uh, UFC 212 is this weekend. It's UFC's return to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And it features the featherweight Oh, of course, Sean Alshadi, my man, reminding me, Jessica Andrade. So we actually have three proposals. We had Andrade in the, I, I knew something happened earlier this month, Andrade at UFC 211. And then we also had Raquel Pennington and Tisha Torres off the grid in their personal lives. And now we have Gustav. So that's three proposals in one month. A lot of love in the air in the world of mixed martial arts. Thank you very much to uh, Sean for for that heads up. I, I blanked on that one, Andrade in Dallas just a couple of weeks ago after her loss to Yoni on Jacek. So UFC 212 is this weekend. It's in Rio. It features the featherweight unification bout between Jose Aldo and Max Holloway. Also a great co-main event 
featuring Claudia Gadelia versus Karolina Kovalkiewicz. There's a lot to discuss there. There's a lot of news, as I said. What's going on in the flyweight division? What's going on in the welterweight division? What's going on in the women's featherweight division? What is going on all over the place in the world of mixed martial arts? As I said, we have a lot to discuss. We've got a great lineup. So let me run down today's lineup, get it into our first guest of the day because he's actually related to those one of those hot topics. Um, at 3.05, we're going to talk to GSP, George St. Pierre. In case you missed it, he was at a conference in Montreal on Friday and he finally revealed why he can't fight in the summertime. He's dealing with an eye injury. And so obviously wanted to talk to him about the eye injury. What are the specifics? And when is he planning on coming back? What does this mean for his planned middleweight title fight against Michael Bisping? Just what is going on? What is happening? I even have a message from one Tyron Woodley to GSP, so stay tuned for that. Uh, 2.45, we've got Sage Northcutt. It was announced last week that he'll be returning to action on July 29th at UFC 214. Also recently had that tonsil surgery. So we'll talk to Super Sage at 2.45. 2.25, we'll talk to the newest member of the Bellator MMA roster, one Roy Nelson. How about that? Big country headed to Bellator. A lot of people didn't know that he was a free agent after his loss to Alexander Volkov in April, that fight in Kansas City. His contract ran out. Some people like to talk about it beforehand. Others don't. Roy Nelson is one of those. And he recently signed with Bellator, hoping to debut later on this year. This year, an interesting signing, an interesting addition for their heavyweight division. 205, we'll talk to Mike Perry, Platinum Mike Perry. Always a pleasure to talk to Mike Perry. He's been in the news as of late as well. Ally Quinta looking for a fight, all that stuff and more. 145, we'll talk to the newest member of the UFC's light heavyweight roster, Gokan Saki, the rebel, 0-1 in his MMA career. And he left glory recently, and now he is a part of the UFC. Who saw this coming? How bizarre. Very surprising and very exciting news. And you know what? It's not your typical UFC signing, to be honest. 0-1, of course, he has a long history in the world of kickboxing, one of the very best to ever compete in kickboxing, former champion, all that stuff and more. Um, But this is a division that needs names. This is a division that needs some draws. This is a division that needs some new blood. He's not that old. He's only 33. Just one second. And so we'll talk to Gokansaki at uh, 145. I am looking forward to that. At 125, we'll talk to Cody Garbrandt in his first interview since pulling out officially of UFC 213. Cody Garbrandt was supposed to fight TJ Dillashaw on July 8th, had the back injury. They officially pulled the plug on that fight, which is unfortunate, but... Um, hopefully he'll be able to come back in relative short order. I know that he already started his physical therapy and so we'll get that fight hopefully sooner rather than later. Although the UFC is trying to book TJ Dillashaw versus Demetrius Johnson, which I have many thoughts about. You may have heard some of them on the MMA beat last week. And so it's a bit of a mess of a situation, but I'm looking forward to talking to Cody at uh, 125 now. In a matter of seconds, we are going to be joined by Yoel Romero, one Yoel Romero, I was going to say, who is a little tardy on this Monday morning. The story with him is that he is now replacing the Cody Garbrandt-TJ Dillashaw fight. 
How is he replacing that fight? Well, it was announced last week that Yoel Romero is going to fight Robert Whitaker for the interim middleweight title at UFC 213 on July 8th in Las Vegas. So the new main event for that card is Jermaine Durandamy. <laughs> Jermaine Durandamy is uh, Amanda Nunes versus Valentina Shevchenko. Durandamy is on my mind because she's involved in her own mess of a situation. But no, it's Amanda Nunes versus Valentina Shevchenko for the UFC women's bantamweight title. So the co-main event is now Yoel Romero versus Robert Whitaker. And that's for the interim middleweight title. And of course, the introduction of interim belts, very much a hot topic in the past year or so in the UFC because they've been handing them out like candy. But this is actually one of the only times in which I believe they kind of got it right. The division needs to move along. Michael Bisping said that he can't move his knee. He's still banged up. He wants to return at the end of the year. So you, you, you institute an interim middleweight belt between the top two contenders and now things move along a little bit and hopefully there's a trickle-down effect. Hopefully you get Luke Rockhold on board. They're trying to sign Giger Musasi, although that's taking a little longer than they hoped. And to be quite honest, his, his exclusive negotiation period is up relatively soon. And so that means Beltor might come into play if they can't get it done before then. And at this point, if I'm Gegard, I might as well just wait. I mean, you rolled the dice on yourself this long. You might as well just wait to see what's out there for you as opposed to signing before anyone else. I mean, what's the point of testing free agency if you're not going to actually test free agency? He was supposed to, they were very close. They were, they were almost there. They almost scored that touchdown. A couple of weeks ago at the retreat, they had a meeting on the Friday night and they just couldn't get the deal done. So let's see what happens there. Um, but I think doing the interim middleweight title fight makes a lot of sense. You get the division rolling and you can still salvage, if you really want it, the GSP Bisping fight. Now, we'll find out how serious GSP's eye injury is. We'll also find out sooner rather than later just how serious Michael Bisping's knee injury is. But I have a feeling that if GSP is able to return in November, maybe at MSG, which the current plan is November 4th, that's a fight that makes a lot of sense. Close to Montreal, close to Canada. He's trained here in New York for many, many years. That's a big fight for round two at MSG, especially when you consider the fact that Conor McGregor probably, if that Floyd Mayweather fight gets done, probably won't be involved. You don't have you know, Ronda Rousey, of course. GSP is probably the next best thing. And why I like keeping that fight intact is simply because they promised it. They had the press conference. They made the, you know, they 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 made the announcement. Whole hullabaloo. You promised the guy. They've been talking about it for you know well over half a year at this point. Might as well get it done. And it's amazing. We are approaching this weekend the one year anniversary of UFC 199 when Michael Bisping shocked the world and defeated Luke Rockhold. Feels like so long ago. And it would be great to see him. You know, get that big fight as champion. Um, and again, this isn't a fight that he asked for. It's a fight that GSP asked for, that the UFC wanted to do. He didn't ask for the Dan Henderson fight. They wanted to do it. And of course he obliged. Maybe he didn't have to. Maybe he could have done what, what, what DJ did. But he took the fights. And now he wants to wait for his money fight as he 
is rapidly approaching the end of his career. And I think that that's a great fight for, um, for Madison Square Garden. So uh, it's going to be Yoel Romero. God, it's going to be Yoel Romero versus what? Robert Whitaker for the interim middleweight title. What is going on? So we we have Skype. What is happening? Let's go to Skype. Is there something going on here? Is anyone sitting in the chair? I'm sitting in the chair. Let me see you. What's going on here? You trying to you trying to muscle your way on this damn show again, Malky? Where is Yoel? No, I don't want to be on the show, but is, it, I need another minute because Ray's is running a little late, so I apologize. Where's Yoel? Yoel's here, but Ray's... So you late. translate for no, him. Wait. You've done it before on this show. Stop playing around. Hey, what are oh. you guys? I got oh. a show to run here. You're the right, one... Well, here, listen, I'm sorry. You're this the ones who told me he's got to be done by 125. He's got training. He's got this. I'm trying to get you out of no. here. I mean, really? I what, Ray's going Hollywood on us? I'm going to try to do this in English. Yoel, my brother. Yoel, last time you were on the show, you were talking Anderson Silva in English. Don't be shy all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, but you know, how are you, my man? How are you? Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom, shabbat. Last time you were shalom, on, you shabbat. were talking to Anderson in English. You don't need these guys. They're holding you back. <laughs> Talk to him in English. Oh, uh, you know, the, I want to... It's getting very well, you know. Yeah, see? Okay, all right. Now you're shy. Okay, well, let's get into it because we don't have a lot of time. I know you have to get to training. Are you happy with the way things turned out? You're fighting for the interim belt against Robert Whitaker. I know you were a little frustrated. Are you happy with this situation? Yeah, for sure. I'm very happy, you know. Um, in the finals, I have a fight, you know, for the title. Um, that's what I want. I want to fight for the for the belt, you know. It's an interim belt, but it's just a... It's a it's a very important tool when you fight it for the bear, you know, because you know you're training for something, you know. Does it matter to you that it's interim and not the real belt? Does that bother you? No, no, I I I, I take the the the, the interim bear, you know, I fight for the interim bear, and and then I wait for Bisping, for Mister Bisping, you know. Do you believe? Do you believe if you win the interim belt that Bisping will fight you? I believe in that. That's yeah. what I believe. <laughs> I don't care. Yes, sir. I don't care if Bisping fight or fight. You know. Are you disappointed that your next fight isn't against Bisping? Like, did you real or or did you kind of just move on from that whole situation? Uh, you know, um, uh, I, I know mad to say his guy fire no fight. Uh -huh. You know, I am very flexible with God. The time that's what I say every time. You need it. the the the. Ray, what happened? Ray, all of a sudden, Ray got famous on us and he's showing up late to interviews. Where's my man? What's happening here? Ray, what happened to you, Ray? 
You got famous on us. You got famous on us. Now you're showing up late. <laughs> never be, man. Never famous. Well, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. How you been? I've been great. Thank you. Uh, we well, you know, last time Yoel was on, he he jumped on the show and he didn't need you. He was speaking in English just fine. So I thought that you got the boot. Uh, no, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> um, I'm still here. The, the question I asked uh, Yoel right before, and, and, and he seemed to have a little bit of uh, trouble with, was was he disappointed that he, like, title or not, it seemed like he really wanted to fight Bisping. Is there a part of him that's upset that it's not Bisping next? Hey, it does have um, alguna molestia de que título o no, eh, o sea, tú querías pelear con, con Bisping y si estás, tú sabes, desatisfecho que no va a ser Bisping siguiente. No. Same answer. No es no. Why? No. ¿Por qué? Porque voy a pelear por el título. Sí, yo siempre he tenido en mi cabeza que tú tienes que ir paso a paso y, un, y el siguiente paso en estos momentos es pelear por el título. I was out of my head. I'm not dissatisfied. I'm okay. I've always had in my head that uh, you have to go step by step. And uh, the goal right now is to fight for the title. And that's what I'm going for. I'm going to get the title. No es una persona en específico. It's not one specific person. Uh. Ahora, no está de más que la, que la comida hubiese salido un poquito mejor si hubiese sido Mr. Beastie. <laughs> But uh, it's safe to say that uh, the food would have tasted just a huh. tad bit better if it would have been Mr. Bisping. <laughs> um, what? What? Oh. And everybody knows why. Yes, yes, of course. Um, he said recently that uh, he injured his knee, and it's clear that he still wants to fight uh, GSP, and GSP still wants to fight him. I just have to ask: Do you believe that he's that he's injured, that he can't fight? Eddie, who recently se lastimó. Se lesionó la rodilla. Eh, pero él dice que todavía quiere fajarse con GSP y GSP dice que también se quiere fajar con Bisping. ¿Tú crees que de verdad se lesionó la rodilla? No, mamá, dice. Hay que creerle al hombre. <laughs> you know, I guess you gotta believe the man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> él dice. Eh, he wants to know Romero wants to know if you believe that oh that's not for me to answer no I do I do believe it I do believe it I mean look uh, <laughs> yeah we, we believe it too okay fair enough fair enough um, <laughs> yeah, he, he says that not even Bisping himself believes that Okay. Okay. Um, what do you make of Robert Whitaker? Have you been impressed with him lately? He's coming off that uh, big win over Jacare. What do you think about him? ¿Qué piensas de Robert Whitaker? Eh, impresiona de alguna de una forma. Eh, acaba de ganarle eh, grandemente contra Jacare. ¿Qué claro. piensas de él? Un gran atleta. Está haciendo muy bien todo lo que todo lo suyo. Eh, eh, creo que la mayor eh, 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 el, el, el mayor nefasto que pudo haber hecho todos los atletas delante de Willy que fue haberlo menospreciado. Willy que es tremendo atleta. He's a great athlete. He's doing everything that he needs to do to become even a greater um, fighter. And uh, the worst mistake that any fighter can make in front of Whitaker is to underestimate him. 
These are great athletes. Yo, well, do me a favor, and can you go smack the uh, Kawa brothers and tell them to be quiet? We're doing a live interview here, and they're speaking, and I can't hear you. Can you do that for me? Smack, slam them to the ground. Go, do it. Do it for me. <laughs> Malky, keep it quiet, all right? It's not all about you. Nobody talk. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, you're wearing that Cuba hat over there, and it reminds me, you said you're only going to go back once you became champion. If you win the interim belt, does this qualify, or will you wait until you win the, the official title? Eh, tienes el sombrerito de Cuba, ahí la gorra. Eh, dice que vas a regresar a Cuba cuando tengas el título. Eh, si ganas ahora, esto cualifica como el título o vas a esperar hasta que unifique los títulos. No, no, no. Esto califica como título, ya que también eh, hace una, una hora aproximadamente hablé con mi hijo. Él desea verme, él añora verme y, y, y pues ya el tiempo está cumplido. Voy a hacer todo no this 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 fight qualifies as a title um so as soon as this is over uh you know just an hour ago i spoke with my son in cuba and uh you know he he wants to see me and i want to see him and um as soon as this is over i'm gonna do everything that needs to be done so i can uh Head to Cuba and uh, see my son. Wow. W when's the last time you saw him? Cuando fue lo último que lo viste? Hace 11 años. It's been 11 years. Wow. Do you, do you FaceTime with him? Lo hablo con él a través de FaceTime yeah. o Skype. Yeah. Wow. Does he watch your fights? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Does he yeah. wrestle? He doesn't want to know any of our sports. Really? Interesting. How old is he? 12. 12. Wow. So you haven't seen him. That must be the greatest motivation of all, right? I mean, win this fight, bring the belt back to him. Um, I can't imagine anything being a greater motivator than that, right? Right now my hands are sweating. Wow. Uh, do you have your trip booked already? Your flight booked? No. But will it be short? Right now my focus is the fight. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and, and this is happening, you know, in, in what, five weeks or so. Um, is this enough time for you for a title fight? They just announced it. It's July 8th. Do you wish you had a little more time to prepare? Perfect. Really? Because usually, usually you get two months, two and a half months. This time you're getting a little over a month. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and just out of curiosity, which opponent interested you more, Whitaker or Anderson Silva? Right now, let me see. Right now, the only thing I'm interested in is the title. Okay. Puede ser Anderson. Puede ser cualquiera de los cinco primeros que estén ahí en el ranking. 
It can be Anderson, it can be any of the first five in the rankings. Siempre cuando sea el título. As long as it's for the title. Ahora, Anderson is Anderson. No, Anderson is Anderson. Yeah. No. It's the legend, you know? Have you allowed your, have you allowed yourself to dream about what it will feel like after everything you've been through when they put the belt around your waist? Do you think about that? Eh, te has permitido soñar y pensar eh, en cómo se va a sentir después de todo lo que has traspasado en tu vida cuando te estén amarrando ese cinto alrededor de tu cintura. Primero pienso en pelear mi pelea. First I think of, let me fight my fight. Okay. No puedo pensar en una cosa que, que no sé cómo va a ser emocionalmente, no sé. I, I don't even want to think on, on something that I, I have no idea how it's, it's going to be emotionally or... No puedo preparar algo que, 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 que sale del corazón. Cuando las cosas salen del corazón, salen eh, eh, espontáneamente, salen, no se improvisan. I can't... Uh, I can't explain something that is going to come out of my heart. It's something that you can't improvise. It's just going to come out spontaneously. Ahora lo que yo sí te puedo decir es cómo me estoy sintiendo ahora que estoy preparándome para el título. Oh, what I can tell you is how I feel the way that I'm preparing for the title. Me siento bien, me siento bendecido, me siento que que Hashem ha estado a mi lado a diestra y siniestra. I feel good. I feel blessed. I feel that the Lord is on my side, you know, in the good and the bad. So, so you're 40 years old now, right, Yoel? What is yes. it? How, how has it been possible that you've remained? I mean, I know you had the neck surgery not that long ago, but did you ever think that at 40 years old you'd be fighting, you know, the, 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 the highest caliber opponents possible? What has been the secret to your success here? To, to, to not just stay successful, but to be you know, this age, to have this kind of longevity in a sport that's rather brutal. We don't see 40-year-olds usually fighting for a belt. ¿Cómo que te sientes uh, en este momento teniendo 40 años? No se ven los cuarentones peleando por el cinto. Esto es un deporte brutal y fuerte. ¿Cómo que te sientes? ¿Cómo, cómo está? Por eso es que te digo, yo sé que con la edad que tengo y miro a mi alrededor, hay muy pocos que han peleado y esto, sí, si puedo mirar y la memoria no me falla, creo que voy a ser el primera persona de 40 años que tiene un título mundial. I don't know. Um, I, I think that, and if my memory doesn't fail me, I think that I'll be the first 40-year-old, you know, por primera vez, fighting for a belt for the first time. Mm. Um, Porque no es lo mismo que tú hayas sido campeón, lo perdiste y después vuelvas a discutir el título mundial. It's not the same if you've been a champion and you lose it and then you you know, try to gain the belt back. But I started from the bottom, and at 40 years of age is where I'm gonna, you know, fight for the title. Ahí es donde yo, yo que vivo una relación día a día, los que están conmigo, que están día a día conmigo, pueden darse de cuenta de cuánto he sido bendecido de Dios. And that's why, you know, the, the, the guys that are with me day in, day out, um, they can tell people that are with me every day uh, can tell how I've been blessed you know by God Yo también vivo una vida sana. I also live a very healthy life but I never neglect to recognize 
that God's blessing has always been there. Todo lo que hago me bendice, me cuida, inclusive con la lesión que tengo y, y aún sigo peleando. Um, everything that I do, he blesses me, he takes care of me. And even with my injury, you know, I'm still fighting, I'm still winning. Y no solamente pelear, sino pelear y pelear bien, ganando batallas. And uh, not just fight, but fight and fight well. Mm. You know, winning battles. Do you think about... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Ya llevo 32 años como atleta y desde 1996 estoy en la élite mundial. Eso es una gran bendición. Since 1996, I've been in the you know, the world-class, the elite athletes of the world, and uh, that's a great blessing in itself. Is there a certain age that you want to go until? Do you think about that? No, I don't think on any age. Okay. My father me dio boxeo hasta una edad bien avanzada en Cuba, o sea, pero para Cuba, ¿no? Hasta los amateurs, ya en Cuba a la edad de 37, 38 años, amateur boxing, ya la gente pierde mucha rapidez. Y mi papá peleó hasta los 38, 39 años. My father boxed, uh, boxed, boxed in Cuba, um, and most people stopped boxing at 36, 37. My dad was fighting until uh, 38, 39. Wow. Okay. So it, it runs in the family. Um, last thing for you, Yoel, I know this has been a bit of a frustrating year for you because like you didn't know what was going on after the Weidman win. Once you found out, okay, July 8th, it's happening. You have an opponent, you're fighting for the belt. And, and I know you're the kind of guy who stays in shape and goes to the gym regularly. You don't, you don't take breaks. Did you sense a different, you know, like, did it feel like, okay, you had a, a greater pep in your step, some, 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 some more drive, some more excitement. Did you notice a difference once you actually had a goal, a date, an opponent, all that stuff, as opposed to just kind of waking up aimlessly, no idea what was going on with the division? Y él sabe que tú entrenas, que tú no paras de entrenar, que tú siempre estás yendo al gimnasio, que tú de verdad no coges tiempo libre. Pero cuando te dieron el día, julio 8, y te pusieron esa meta, sentiste un salto más en tu paso, algo más, un tipo de, de, de felicidad, que ya tenías una meta. Yeah, for sure. Changes everything, right? It's a beautiful thing. Cambia. Sí, cambia mucho. Claro, que cambia y principalmente dentro de ti, como en el estómago y el corazón se unen al mismo tiempo y los dos se conectan y, y entre los dos tienen una misma conexión y un mismo sentir. Es algo raro, es algo bello. It changes everything. It, uh, it's something like if, uh, you know, your heart and your stomach and just everything, your soul, just all uh, binds together and you, you feel something beautiful. It's just that, that goal that I need to reach. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm looking forward to it. July 8th, UFC 213, Yoel Romero versus Robert Whitaker for the interim middleweight title. Finally, we get to see him back in action. Finally, we get to see him fight for the belt. I think the UFC got this one right. I'm happy that they actually did it. I'm excited. I can't wait. It's on my birthday. It's a very exciting time. So thank you, Yoel. Thank you, Ray. Thank you to the Kawa brothers. And we'll, we'll see you in Las Vegas. Muchos gracias. <laughs> Good luck to you. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much. So there he is, Joel Romero, fighting Robert Whitaker on July 8th. Of course, the reason why that fight is happening is because Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw, at least for now, is not happening. Cody Garbrandt out due to a back injury. We've been wanting to talk to him for quite some time. 
And I do believe this is the first time that he talks about the injury. So happy that he's on the show. Unfortunately, under these circumstances, but I appreciate him taking out some time. He joins us now on the phone. Cody, are you there? I'm here, brother. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, Cody. I really appreciate it. So tell us, um, when did you first injure your back? You know, it, it's been a few years, to be honest, and I dealt with it all last year. Uh, I kind of had a, you know, progress, you know, I had, I had four fights. A lot of people forget I went from unranked to world champion in 11 months. You know, I was constantly grinding in the gym, you know, no no days off. I was fighting, training, and that's what it was last year. My body just didn't, you know, didn't hold up to it. I uh, had the injury. I had the, I had a, a fracture in my back when I was uh, 17 during football, um, and I had some herniated disc. So I kind of dealt with it on and off for, you know, since I was 17 years old. And progressively, um, you know, I started incorporating more, you know, Muay Thai kicks and, and, and different different body motions. And I just didn't hold up last year. Um, you know, like I said, I had to kind of really schedule my training around my injury. You know, during camp, I, I mean, the Mizugaki fight, like I almost thought I was going to have to pull out of that one as well. Um, it was like two weeks where I couldn't even walk, you know, let alone train. So I went in there, you know, on a not so good training camp, but, um, you know, the fight at the end of the day, I had to do what I had to do. The UFC was in there. It was keeping me busy and giving me opportunities. I'm very thankful for I couldn't pass up. You know, and I worked so hard to be here at the, you know, the highest level uh, to fight the best. So I want to be 100% when I go in there. When I step in, step in the training. You know, I love fighting. I, I want to be excited about going to training every day and pushing myself and, and, and getting better. So, uh, you know, that, that's where I'm at right now with this injury. And, uh, you know, I, I'm doing everything I need to do to get back. You know, so is the UFC. I'm very thankful for Dana, uh, Dana and the UFC for, you know, doing the stem cells for me here in the States and flying to Germany and, and, and doing the therapy over there. Um, so I'm feeling much better doing a lot of rehab and doing rehab almost every day, you know, six days a week uh, with my strength and conditioning coach and uh, kind performance out here in Sacramento. When did you start to think that, okay, this is problematic, this might you know, preclude, preclude me from fighting on July 8th? Because I know you did the initial treatment here in the United States and then you flew out mm-hmm. to that specialist in Germany. How long ago did you start to really get worried about it? So we did the, the stem cell um, in, in Las Vegas. Um, it was kind of, went to a couple of doctors, x-rays, MRIs, it went from cortisone to uh, thinking about getting epidural to, hey, you're getting stem cell. Uh, on like a day's time, you know, like real quick. So I'm like, all right, kind of, this is what I have to do to get, you know, to heal me. And I, I spoke with the doctors and they're like, oh yeah, you should be, you should be good. So I, I was trusting the doctors, you know, and I did what they said. They told me to, you know, take four weeks off of no, like no, any, nothing. I couldn't move. Treadmill, I couldn't do anything. So that was, you know, hard within itself, especially when you have a, you know, you defend your title. You have a, you have a flight scheduled. So you have that uh, on top of, you know, getting healthy you have to worry about the fight and getting ready for that and you have all that you know what if my back's going to be healthy so I, I just I kept positive you know um, try to keep it positive I can with my, my coaches my, my teammate my fiance my family you know um, so I, I did the recovery I did the you know rested and they said that I'd be clear on March 1st and I got clear on March 1st they said that it would be good to um, you know start training and I said I, I talked to the doctors throughout you know the, the month of, you know, the rest, resting. I say, you know, when I, when I get the clearance, you know, March 1st, I'm going to go like a bat out of hell and, and train, you know, how I trained. And they're like, oh yeah. They said, yeah, you'll, you'll be good for the fight. So 
got home. As soon as I, I got off the airplane, Danny still picked me up and went and trained that day. Uh, then I went and sparred six rounds straight uh, Wednesday. By Thursday, I woke up and it was, my back was in the worst pain. Hmm. The worst pain that I, it's been in since the stem cell. And I rested and recovered. I think I just got so excited, you know, trying to get back. Like you say, when you have a deadline to fight, you have to get ready for it. You know, and that, in my mind, I only know one pace and that's, you know, all out. So, um, you know, and then I was listening to the doctors like, oh, you'll be good. You know, they'll, they'll hit, heal the chair and, and you'll be fine. So, you know, I went there and I tried to push through my, my mid, mid session with buckles on, on that day. And, you know, it, it was just something that bothered me. I was speaking to my fiance. I was like, I don't, I don't know if it's worked. My back feels like it's worse. It kept locking up where I couldn't even walk, getting out, in and out of a chair. Like it was just, it was miserable. And it was really debilitating, man. Like it's not fun. Anyone that knows, you know, has back injuries or neck injuries, you know, know it's, know how, you know, painful and just annoying it can be because you can't do like, your daily functions. Um, so I, I ended up reaching out to my manager, Ali, and I was like, hey, you know, uh, I don't know about the stem, so I don't know what, what we can do elsewise. We can do, like, I was thinking about just getting epidural, numbing the pain, but then, you know, I'm just thinking about the quickest route that I can still, you know, fight. I've never pulled out a fight, never had to pull out a fight, but also I've never had a serious injury like this. And at, at my age, I'm 25 years old, I'm thinking about longevity and, uh, you know, not and then now, right now, you know, so if I have to take a little bit of time off to heal and recover, that's going to, you know, set me up for the next, you know, five years, 10 years, however long I want to pursue, you know, you know, this career and this lifestyle. Um, that's what I was looking at, you know, so I got to sit back and, and think about the future outside of fighting because really this is a sh- small window of, uh, you know, a small window frame of my life that it's only going to be a small part, but it's going to set up the rest of my life. So I have to, you know, do it smart. I have to think about my future. And that's, that's what I was thinking about. So I hit him up and said, Hey, it's not working. And talk to Dana, uh, Sean Shelby actually hit me up and said, okay, when can you go to Germany? And I'm like, Hell, I'm thinking they're going to fly me out like the next day or so. And I flew me out a couple of days later, but I was like, like you know, we're going to get you to Germany and do this and, and, and see how it goes. So went over there and did the therapy with Germany and Germany. Dana Castile went with me. We had a good time in Germany and, I uh, got the procedure done. The doctors were, were amazing. Um, and I got back and uh, my back, the, the, the pain's gone from the, uh, basically, it was basically uh, a shot anti-inflammatory. They took my pro- or my blood out, mixed it, manipulated it with proteins and anti-inflammatory to help heal, uh, heal my back where the tear was at, where um, I'm having this like kind of like sciatic pain going down my leg. Mm. And that initial pain's gone, but it's it's still you know it's still time it takes time to make sure that it's not just the initial. That's how I felt with the the stem cell. And I took that time off and rested, and I'm like, okay, the pain's subsided, you know, substantially. So I feel like maybe okay, maybe it is is working. So I was in such you know horrible pain that any bit of relief is like, oh, I'm like I'm getting better. Um, that's what I felt. So I'm not going to rush this one. You know, I'm doing rehab, like I said. Know, six days a week and strength and conditioning, you know, fixing and correcting my body. You know, when you go into MMA and you train, it's, it's a different training. And a lot of the fighters know uh, this and coaching and people in the MMA, but the casual fan, they think we're, you know, nothing against other football players or, or baseball players, nothing, but it's, we come adapted to our sport, become specialists in our sports, you know, and, uh, and our body starts to go to that. So if you're just doing MMA and not correcting your movements and your patterns and your flexibility and, and all that, you know, it's your body's going to start to wear down. That's, 
unfortunately what happened to me, you know, and, and it's unfortunate at the time that it's happened, you know, I was very excited with the fight with TJ, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't want to prolong that fight, you know, I want to give that dude an ass whooping the whole time I was around him, you know, for various reasons, you know, that's the last thing I want to do is prolong the fight, you know, and because of an injury, you know, TJ has an ass whooping, I want to be 100% so I can give TJ 100% ass whooping. You know, I wouldn't be satisfied with me going there 60 sprint and still whooping his ass. And only giving him a 60% ass whooping. You know, I don't give him 100% ass whooping like he deserves. So we're doing it right. You know, um, I'm, first and foremost, I'm focusing on myself, just getting healthy and then getting back in the gym and, and, and testing it back out. And then we'll go from there. You know, I'm constantly keeping Dana up, updated, like you know, how I'm feeling. And I'm excited to get back in there. I'm, I'm just getting started, you know, with the with Dominic Cruz fight. You know, it just... Yeah, it's unfortunate, but, you know, this, this is part of the sport. It keeps you hungry. Even when you're at the top, you know, there's always adversity and things to get over to. So this, for me, keeps me on my toes, you know. Um, keeps me, you know, hungry and focused, and, you know, to get back. And, you know, and I got that drive back again. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different uh, a different beast, you know, come back from the injury and then get in the fight, fight camp and, and, you know, go defend the belt. Any chance you'll need surgery? I go to Dr. May. Um, he's a doctor and... Uh, Germany and you know that some of the doctors here had a you know different methods or ideas they thought that we could go you know if option A option B option C didn't work and some of them were you know towards option C and D were surgery um, but this doctor doesn't think so you know he thinks that back um, with these shots and me doing rehab and correcting my movement patterns and my, my Flexibility and mobility, which is it's, it's something that we all need to work on as fighters. You know, like I said, we become so adapted to our sport. Uh, but he doesn't think, you know, unless it's, you know, I don't give the right amount of time to heal, then it would just be like throwing all this out the window. Okay. And I'm not traveling all over the world, you know, to rush this. I want this healed so I don't have to go through that again. You know, it's something I don't have to take time off, something that you love, you know, it's takes your happiness away you know I, I love going in there and training push myself every day and you know working towards a common goal and, and that's my common goal is to you know create a legacy I got the belt and now it's what you do with the belt doesn't mm-hmm. matter how long you hold on with it onto it it's what you do with it and I'm trying to go out there and you know TJ he's you know uh, my next adversary and you know I'm gonna finish him and then I'm gonna go fight Demetrius and that's my that's my uh that's my legacy that I'm creating, you know? And uh, it's funny because TJ is just, a, you know, a generic version of everything. He's just a generic, generic dominant Cruz. He's, I mean, he just rides off everybody. He tries to take, you know, I wanted to fight Demetrius. Now he wants to fight Demetrius, you know? So it's just, uh, yeah, I, I want to get, I want to get healthy. And that's what I'm saying. Don't jump into a fight. I'm trying to get as healthy as I can. He knows I'm trying to get back as soon as I can. Like I said, I'm talking to Dana, letting him know, you know, my progress weekly. I can't feel good. I can't feel good. He keeps telling me, you know, just take your time, you know, take your time, don't rush it. And he's right, but this is a fight that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get let go. And that's mm-hmm. my fight with Demetrius after I smashed TJ, you know. And we'll get to the Demetrius thing in a second, but I'm just wondering, a couple of weeks ago, did you feel any extra added stress or pressure when they had that press conference? You were en route to Germany to get this done, and it seemed like they were still kind of pushing the fact that this fight was happening July 8th, and even Dana said in interviews, like, you know, I'd be shocked if this doesn't work. It, it kind of felt like, in an indirect way, at least to me, like there was pressure being put on you to fight on this card. Did you feel that way? You know what, um... A little bit, you know, pressure myself because I wanted to fight. You know, it was the hardest thing I had to do uh, as a pull out of a fight, but this was like I said, it was a serious injury. 
And, uh, no, I mean, if they, if they, that's what they want. They want fights, and that's a, that's a huge fight, you know, and a huge opportunity for me. You know, it sucks I had to let that one go, but, you know, there's going to be more and more opportunities uh, in my career. That I have to be smart with it. So I didn't, you know, like I said, I just tried to stay positive about the whole situation. You know, the whole situation, I mean, it's out of my control. You know, injuries happen. You know, all I can do is do what I'm supposed to to get healthy, and that's what I'm doing. And if I can't fight, I can't fight. You know, there's always going to be added pressure and, and this and that uh, with fighting, you know. And so what did you think when you started to hear that TJ was campaigning for the Demetrius fight and that the UFC appears to be on board with this idea. What was your reaction to that? Fuck it. You know, they want to fight. It's, it's, it's whatever. TJ wants to fight. Go ahead. He's training hard. You know, go ahead. He knows it's an easier fight fighting Demetrius. So, you know, I got, I got hurt, but I'm the one that pulled out of the fight. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, now, now whatever I say, like, Oh, you pulled out of a fight. Well, fuck it. I'm hurt. You know, so if they want to go down and fight, go ahead. I talked to Demetrius. Demetrius doesn't want to fight TJ. TJ's not a draw. TJ don't deserve it. You know, it don't matter. You're going to go to 25. Okay, that's fine. TJ, you get beat. I will never fight you. I'm going to go down and, and fight Demetrius at 25. You lost that chance. TJ, you go in there and beat DJ. I'm going to jump down at 25 and steal your belt. <laughs> you know, so that's what I told Dana. I texted Dana that. So I'm saying that's the way it plays out. That's the way it plays out. They said, it's out of my control. I'm controlling on getting healthy. But them two want to fight each other. Go ahead. I'm fighting the winner at that weight class. You know, that's my visionary to win, to win that belt. Right. And then right now, that's what I said, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fight TJ in July and fight Demetrius in November. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately I got injured. So like, I, I really can't say much about it right now. The UFC, the business are going to try to, you know, make fights that make money, but I'm sorry, that's not a money fight. You know, and they both know that I'm the big, the bigger draw for them both to fight, you know, um, you know, that's, that's how I look at it. When, I, that's how I look at it, man. When do you think you'll be able to fight again at this point? It's really hard to say. I mean, the way I'm feeling right now, I mean, I'm, I feel good. I just, I'm not getting too excited. I feel like, you know, I'm a 12 year old kid out trying, you know, trying to climb trees again. You know, that's how I feel like I want to go do in my mind, but, um, you know, my coaches and my, my, uh, physical therapists are, you know, keep me on track where I'm not, I'm doing enough to feel good. I'm not overexerting and, and, and you know, prolonging this injury uh, longer than it has to be. I have a lot of ass openings to give out in 135 pound divisions. And, uh, you know, I'm going to stay true to that, get healthy and, and get back. So I can't tell you a, a, a time frame. I can only hope, you know, I can only hope that, hey, if it was a perfect world and I, everything worked right for me, I'd fight on, uh, I would fight, uh, I whooped TJ's ass, what is that, July 28th? Uh, in Anaheim? Yeah, yeah, July 29th. Yeah. 29th, yeah. You, uh, you're trying for that? Tracking or? My, I mean, I'm try, tracking my progress weekly. Okay. You know I mean, like, I'm not trying to prolong prolong this fight with TJ. I don't want to. He wants to go around and, and deal with this dickhead for this long. You know, like, <laughs> I can't, he, you know, the guy's a cornball. You know, he just keeps telling lies on top of lies on top of lies. Everything that that shit's over with. Hey, we're fighting now. It's the fight now. Now, now I want to focus on the fight. You know, the the, the fight, the fight's already there. The fight's already going to be there. It was, the fight was already there once TJ left. I knew, knew I was still on the team. You know, I knew I was, I was going to face TJ. I knew I was going to face TJ when I stepped on the blue mats the first time in alpha male. You know what I mean? Like I knew that was that was a fight that was on the horizon. And uh, you know, and so did he. That's why he felt threatened by me the whole time out. So that's a fight that I'm excited to get to. He can go on there. Talk as much shit as he wants, and 
whatever you want. This is my first interview I've done because I'm focused on the fight. You know, I'm focused on, I'm focused on, I'm focused on getting healthy. I don't want to talk about a fight. It's hard for me to get in that mindset to talk about a fight when I'm, I'm injured. You know what I mean? That's why I was like, I'm not going to the press conference. I'm, you know, I'm going, I'm over to Germany. I'm hurt. I don't want to talk about a fight. I'm not doing any interviews. I don't want to talk about anything. I'm worried about folks on the fight. I want, you know, I'll talk about my injury, but I'm not going to focus on talking about the fight. Now I'm in rehab. I'm feeling better. And I can track my progress. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping like hell I, I get in there as soon as possible. You know, Lord willingly. You think this year? You're hoping for this year, right? For sure this year. Okay. Yeah, for sure. What? I mean, you know, the, the studies show that it's, it's supposed to be, you know, super, you know, super certain. I mean, I, I'm a good friend with Tyson, and uh, I was messing back and forth with him. He actually went out the week after. He has really bad uh, uh, back problems. He's been doing epidurals and all kinds of other things, and he actually went out the week after the doctor. And I mean, it's the best of the best to go there. And, uh, you know, they're one of the best. And what Dana set me up with. So uh, um, I'll be, you know, super optimistic that I'll be back before the year is up for sure. I'm not, I don't want to sit out. I mean, I have nothing else to do. I'm sitting in Sacramento, you know, watching everybody train. You know, and it, it's nice. I'm helping the guys out, and it's good to be around those guys. Uh, but I'm a grinder, and that's what I want to do. You know, I embrace that shit. I can't wait to get back. And 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 so just to be clear, because a couple of weeks ago we had Dominic on the show, and he said that he was hoping to fight the winner of you versus TJ end of the year. But you're saying you want to get this TJ fight out of the way, and then you're planning on going down to 125 to fight Demetrius. That's what yeah. you hope. Yeah, fuck Dominic, dude. He had to, I gave him the rematch right after that. Yeah. Now he wants to come out and say that all these, oh, I was injured, I had my foot, I needed to recover. Dude, I don't care. That guy's, I don't care about fighting that dude. I gave him the, you know, I gave him the uh, the rematch right after the fight. He did not want to take that fight. Um, so now he wants to come out, but I want the winner. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm not waiting on him. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't. I gave him an automatic rematch. TJ took it. TJ should thank Dom, um, you know, for that. But I'm going to go down and fight Demetrius. That's that's my goal. We, I've, I spoke to Demetrius uh, numerous times, and that's that's my goal after the TJ fight. TJ first and foremost. Um, but I'm, I'm wanting to go down and fight Demetrius after that. You you feel like you can make 125? I can easily make 125. I don't know. Cut to 35. Wow. You know, yeah, I, I don't, I, shit, you see me on embedded, yeah. um, ice skating, eating s'mores, <laughs> you know, uh, hot chocolate, toasted cheese, sandwiches, sushi, I mean, I'm eating like that the week of the fight, I just watched, I just watched the week, you know, I kind of, you know, here and there and water load, yeah, you know, I do it right, diet down, I'm, I'm young right now, I'm 25, I'll be 26 in July, um, so I'm young, I, it's younger than I do it rather than older that I am it'd be easy for me so that's that's why the time is now but just this injury set things back like I said I can't control that it's out of my control and I'm just looking forward to getting back getting back in there and putting on you know entertaining performances you know I'm just getting started hitting my groove and you know uh, you guys all saw that with the Dominic Cruz fight you know I'm going to pick up where I left off I'm going to be better I'm going to be healthy I'm going to be not hurt you know I was fighting like that all last year injured like that I just I just couldn't couldn't do it no more you know especially when once the back tour you know I had the disc problems but when the ones had the annual tear it was you know that's one one thing that I just couldn't I couldn't bear that one and had to do what I had to do have you been uh, watching tough and if so are you enjoying it yeah it's funny I mean it's 
TJ's playing, uh, you know, the rash, you know, the other, he's playing the, uh, the peach, I do the peacemaker. He knows going into the show, he had to do that. They probably perform him and, <laughs> and then, you know, what is it? Dwayne, uh, formulated that plan and probably sat down and at his academy in Denver, right? Why they're selling peanut butter rations. Uh, <laughs> and probably like, look, man, they knew that we couldn't go. They're going to go against, yeah, they're not only going against me, they're going against the whole team. So they know it's a, a lose lose for them. So they're going to have their, sit quiet and just, you know, let's go on our tyrant. And, you know, that's what we are, man. We, we are who we are. I'm not going to change for anybody. You know, that's, that's I've always been. I've always been. I've been always been like that, you know, so people want to say this and that, but it, it's a fight. You put us in that environment, especially with the the backstory with TJ and Dwayne and all that. And, uh, you know, you're going to have that. You're going to have that explosion. And, you know, especially, uh, I don't care how it make, portrays me. You know, I know, I know who I am, you know, and, uh, I'm always going to keep it like that. I don't, I don't like this loyalty and you know, people that I don't respect, you know, especially the people that brought you up, you know what I mean? Uh, TJ started his career out here, you know, they built him to a world champion. Dwayne comes in for uh, what a year and he just leaves, you know, I don't know. Is there, is there yeah, a part that, of that's you? That, I mean, is there a part of you hoping that he doesn't get the DJ fight because if he loses, that might you know ruin the chances of you getting your hands on him? Like, are you kind of praying that they don't go that route? Yeah, you know, if that's what the UFC wants to do, that's fine. You know, I, I feel like DJ will beat TJ. Um, TJ's slow. He's, uh, you know, he, TJ's very slow. You know, um, I, I feel like I went with him. You know, I like I know that guy at the back of my hand. Uh, so I feel like DJ would win that fight. Um, and whatever, you know, whoever went, if that's what the UFC wants to do and go on that route, cool. They're a business. They want to try to make these super fights, but they all know that I'm the money fight. That I'm the big fight at the lower weight classes. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wait and see how that plays out. But like I said, for me right now, I'm just worried about getting healthy and getting back to my mindset and to my mentality and, you know, going in and enjoying training, you know, not being hurt. So that's where I'm at. And, I'm starting to get, you know, a glimpse of that, that feeling, you know, with the rehab. So I'm, that's all I can focus on. If that's what they want to do, go ahead. I, I'll say that DJ will beat TJ, and I'll fight DJ at 125 pounds when I am clear, ready, and healthy. Uh, by the way, I, I, I DJ, got, go ahead. Uh, but DJ don't want to fight TJ. Right, he I, doesn't. DJ, we, we, uh, he does, he and he's right. TJ don't deserve shit. TJ cries and whines, just like how he was saying, if I don't get the next title shot, UFC's rigged, yeah, yeah. you know, and then he was going out there and, you know, p- campaigning, you know, $100,000, you know, to, um, he's like a Girl Scout, uh, you know, he's like a Girl Scout, goes out and sells cookies, tries to get the, 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 the green badge on his vest, you know, that's what he wants to do, he wants to be the best seller, you know, so, he's trying, you can't hurt him for trying, um, but yeah, and he doesn't deserve that, he's gotten, he's gotten beat by Dom, he avenged his loss with a Sensal, um, Dodson knocked him out, you know. So, I mean, that, that's the thing. He, he's the sec, what, second ranked bantamweight. He don't deserve that, you know. He doesn't deserve to go in there and just skip over those guys. He's not even the champion, you know. He's not even the champion. He was never the champion. He was an interim champ. He never beat Dom. Dom left, you know, was injured. Dom was still the champ, you know. Was, he was fighting for the interim. He held the interim title. So, that's my my stance on it. 
God is my witness. I was not going to ask you about this, but people keep asking me to ask you, what is going on with this uh, bodybuilder guy who's trying to fight you? What is, is this a real thing? What's happening here? Oh man, I don't know. That guy's just trying to get some Twitter followers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, uh, some, it's weird or something. I don't know. The guy talks shit. And I'll talk shit back. It's, it's funny. You know, it's comical. <laughs> guys are, you know, cornballs. That guy definitely is a cornball. Oh my gosh. He is such a turd. But um, I think he has bigger uh, breast implants than my fiance, you know. <laughs> but uh, if he comes out here, I'll definitely titty fuck him. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, but no, he he's said that he wanted to come out. I was like, all right, give him, the, give him the gym address and say, hey, you want me to buy your flight? And he he proceeded to go make flight posters and try to sell a pay-per-view and tell him he's going to bring his uh, camera crew out here. And that dude, that dude comes out here and he'll get fucked up one way or another. What's but, his beef? Uh, I'm not even entertaining it. Because he said some shit to me on Twitter, and I replied back with him. He didn't like it. He got all butthurt. He just uh, he was a fat dude that lost a lot of weight, got on a bunch of steroids. He's just really sensitive. That's what it is. But uh, yeah, and, you know, you know when you go on Southwest, he he did a Southwest ticket, and screenshotted it. You know, and that dude knows anytime he can cancel a Southwest with no penalties. Don't play yourself, dude. Uh-huh. All right, so, so that's tells- that's what that is, man. Everyone's acting tough on the internet. It's funny. I love it, man. When you're at the top, there's more and more haters. So, yeah, I see, I see Good, you. Man. I see you fending them off left and right on your Twitter. Um, but it seems like oh, you're hilarious. you're enjoying it. So, um, yeah, it is funny. You know, like, half the people that talk shit are, you know, have you ever left a YouTube comment? No. On a on a video? No. no exactly. Surge <laughs> that do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you never, you never surge that do that. I'm surprised you so, know about uh, those people because yeah. I've been dealing with them for almost a decade now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I have two, but now you know, now it's just more and more at, at the platform, which is cool. It's funny, man. It's, it's, I already know what it is. By the way, congratulations to you and your lovely fiance on getting engaged. Do we have a date yet? Uh, not a date yet. I, I told her, you know, uh, after I, I proposed to her, I mean, it was awesome. Went to Sedona, had a really good time. Uh, I proposed to her, and, and then we, you know, started talking. You know, I, I planned on, hey, like, we'll start planning a wedding, you know, after I, I plan on planning two times this year, and then we'll, you know, the beginning of next year, we'll start trying to plan a wedding and, and seeing what we're going to do with that. And she was cool with it. She's, she's, my, she's my ride or die, man. She really is. So um, now that, you know, the fights are up in the air, uh, kind of, you know, maybe prolong everything, but uh, it, it'll get there. Ho- hopefully, you know, we'll start planning, and you know, just things. Everything, you know, in my life revolves around fighting, and uh, you know, you're planning everything, and you know, that's why I have such an amazing woman. I, I couldn't be more blessed for her. But yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll start planning maybe by next year, and uh, go from there. Well, I'm happy you guys are staying together because I enjoy the way you document her uh, obsession with eating on, on your Instagram. It's, uh, it's bro, a lot of fun. I'm going broke. <laughs> I can relate to it personally. I'm going broke. I'm, about to, yeah, yeah, I'm going broke, man. She loves to eat. She loves to eat and she eats way more than me. Uh, but yeah, I know it's good. An old lunchbox. Um, wish you the best, Cody. Thank you for coming on. I, I know you said you didn't do many interviews, so I appreciate you coming on the show again and talk. Yeah. It's been a while. We haven't talked to you all year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Good to get the update. I'm happy things are, are looking better, sounding better. Get well soon. And we hope to see you back in there sooner rather than later, my man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Do everything I can to get back and go out there and put on some entertaining performances and spin the title and to show everyone why I'm the king of 135 pounds. We look forward to it. Get well soon. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks.
Bye. There he is, Cody Garbrandt. No love, the reigning defending UFC bantamweight champion. Hopefully we'll see him back in there sooner rather than later. So moving along, big news in the world of the UFC's light heavyweight division. You may have heard of this man. If you are a kickboxing fan, they call him the Rebel. His name is Gokan Saki, one of the best ever to compete in kickboxing. He's coming to the UFC. He has signed a deal with them. He's moving over to MMA full time and he's joining us right now on the phone. Gokan, how are you? Good. Uh, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the time, and I appreciate your patience as well. So uh, this one kind of came welcome, out. Man. It came out of nowhere. A lot of people didn't expect you to come over to the UFC. They don't usually sign fighters, you know, with your resume who are 0 and 1 in MMA. You haven't fought in MMA in, in 13 years. How did this all come about? Yes. You know, uh, one day. Uh, like a couple of weeks ago, my uh, old friend, uh, old manager, Martin De Jong, he gave me a call, and uh, we was talking about uh, about uh, yeah, about glory and uh, about what's going on, and when uh, when is my next fight, blah blah blah. And then uh, out of nowhere, he called me one day later, and he says, "You interesting uh, fighting for the UFC?" I say, uh, "Yeah, why not?" We are fighters, and uh, I love to. Uh, I love to. Uh, I love watching UFC the last year, one and a half year, and uh, I was like, uh, "Why not? Let's talk about you know." So uh, uh, he said, "Okay, let me talk with the boys, and uh, I call you back." So uh, a matchmaker of UFC called him for another fighter, and this fighter signed already for another organization. So Martin. Uh, uh, Talks about me, and there wasn't. Uh, they had a. They had a interest uh, in uh, me fighting for the UFC. So everything starts like this, you know. And so, why are you deciding to leave the world of kickboxing, where you you've been so successful for so long, and move into a world where, like I said, you only have one fight, and it was 13 years ago? Do you do you feel like you have to do this because there weren't opportunities for you in kickboxing, or is this something that you want to do at this time? You know, for me, in uh, kickboxing, there was only one fight to do. And not to prove myself, but this fight I really want to do because the way how I lose from Rico Verhoeven was not the way uh, for me uh, that I can say I lose that fight, you know. But also many things happen. I dominate glory. I dominate uh, kickboxing for a couple of years. And after... I was champion. I felt they didn't push me or support me, you know. Mm. I broke all the gate records and no thank you. So I was not happy anymore with Rory. So uh, after my fight with Tyron Spong, everything starts with glory, you know. I was, I still had a fight with glory and uh, uh, in, the, in the contract was uh, some money I was getting and they was not allowed to pay that money anymore because the organization was not going good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, no problem. You know, I give something back and you come, uh, you, you give me a little bit, you know? So they want, uh, they want to push me down like 70% of my, uh, of my uh, money. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm a, I'm a fighter that moment. If people was talking about glory, people was talking about me. So I was the one who was, ma- who was making glory for uh, from the beginning, together with a couple of uh, other fighters. And 
yeah, in the end, these things happen, and a lot of fighters stop with glory. And uh, yeah, there is no uh, old school kickboxing anymore. So for me, there is no challenge anymore. You know. Mm. You you wrote a, a long message um, on your Facebook page about your situation with Glory and um, your your efforts to get the Rico Verhoeven fight. In your opinion, why do you think that fight never happened? Long story, man. I put the story on my Facebook. Everything stays on 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 my Facebook. You know, for me, Glory it's like my ex girlfriend, and I forget Glory. I signed with UFC and I even don't want to talk about it anymore, you know? Okay, fair don't enough. Don't take me wrong. Um, wh- why haven't you competed in over two years? Your last kickboxing match was in April of 2015. Why the delay in, in, in return to action? Because there was no uh, other organizations. I was, uh, I fight, I fight GFC mm-hmm. in uh, Dubai, my last fight. And uh, this organization, uh, paid me very good nobody paid me like this they bring also a very big uh, sponsor to me but uh, they only organize two or three times and then I think the sponsorship stopped with them so they stopped the organization after I was uh, I was uh, uh, some I get some offers from uh, small organizations and I was like you know I'm not hungry at this moment I want to take my rest and when I come back, I will come back on a way, like the best way, you know? Yeah. For me, this is the best way to come back. In your mind, are you done with kickboxing? Will you never compete in a kickboxing match again? Come on, bro. I'm going to bring kickboxing to the octagon, bro. <laughs> kickboxing, is my, kickboxing is my thing, you know? Kickboxing is my life. And... I stopped showing it for two years and I can't wait to show it again, man. Fair enough. I really can't wait. Yeah. Did you talk to any other organizations in MMA or just the UFC? Like, for example, um, I thought that maybe you'd be a perfect fit in Bellator as well because Scott Coker loves kickboxing and has his own kickboxing promotion. No, I don't talk with other organizations. Like I say, uh, when 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 I'm going to make my... uh, come back I want to do it on the biggest stage and for me UFC is uh, the biggest and most popular combat event in the world so this is the best way to come back for me in the in the press release to announce your signing they said that you might debut in September in Rotterdam which would make a lot of sense since of course you are of Dutch descent as well Um, is that is that a done deal is that when you will debut for the UFC I would love to I would love to. Nothing is sure yet, but uh, uh, I would love to fight in Rotterdam, man. That's that's what I mean with a comeback like this. I'm born and raised in Holland. Yeah. Originally Turkish, based in Dubai, and making my comeback for the UFC in Rotterdam. That will be amazing, man. Yeah, it would be amazing. But uh, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. So. Uh, I hope in, uh, as soon as possible uh, we know when it's the first fight, you know. I'm ready. So uh, I'm just waiting for the car, man. Do, do you have um, a, a dream opponent in mind for your debut? Is there someone you'd love to fight in your debut? 
Nah, I don't have a, I don't have a, you know, uh, how can I say? I fight everybody uh-huh. in, in like the biggest, the smallest, the heaviest, uh, same weight, you know, for me, I really don't care who I'm going to fight. I'm only really interested in myself. I don't care about other fighters sooner or later. I'm going to knock the fuck out of them anyway, so the other doesn't matter to me, you know? So. And you're going to compete at light heavyweight, right? Yes, I'm going to compete on light heavyweight. I noticed on, on Sunday when the UFC was having its event in Stockholm, um, you tweeted this, wow, such an exciting match for 10-year-olds. Um, were you talking about the main event <laughs> with, with Gustafsson and Teixeira? Because that's your division, right? You're going to be a light heavyweight. Were, were you referring to that? Were you bored by the fight? No, it was a nice fight, you know, but it was, it was Teixeira was taking a lot. And I think uh, Gustafsson can finish the fight earlier. But I don't know why he take the risk to wait for so long, you know. I'm looking on a different way, maybe the kickboxing way only, you know. So it was a nice fight. It was a, it was a, I see a better fight, you know. Okay. My favorite fight in the UFC is McGregor, you know. I love the <laughs> way he fight. <laughs> that's the way, that's the, that's because I start watching UFC also, you know, so. You weren't you. You didn't used to watch the UFC a lot. Not a lot, but when Connor came in the game, I love this guy. You know the way how we work, the way how we train, his history. I love it. You know, at uh, at uh, at the same, we also came uh, coming from uh, Holland, from the better city, and we really fight for our life. You know, and he has the same sleeping in the gym, training so hard, and uh, become this big, you know. I really respect that man. I love that guy. Have you ever met him? No, I never never met him, no. You also you, you also said that uh, this this is the, the the UFC's best investment since signing Conor McGregor. That's That's a pretty bold statement. Why do you feel that way? Uh, you know, I just want to give the people what they want. They want knockouts. They want to be entertained. Like my fan base is always a fanatic. If you look my fight in Istanbul, Holland, arenas full. People were screaming name and <coughs> at the end, I give them what they want. And Conor does the same, and I know the, the 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 kickboxing was never that big, and we bring kickboxing that far with our fighting style, our uh, explosivity, and everything. So that's why I know what I can, and I know if I want something, I work hard for it, I will make it. And I'm thinking already I'm fighting next year this time for the title, you know? Wow. So, yeah. That soon? I'm ready, man. Yeah, that's ready soon, man. How, 100%. How many and fights? I promise you, next year, 
this year. Whatever. After three, four fights, I'm ready, man. We'll see. So when when you when you look at the you know the division the two hundred five pound division in the UFC is a, is a bit shallow these days. So when you look at the top of the division, you have Daniel Cormier, John Jones. When you see those guys, you think you can hang with them right away, right? Considering your background in, in kickboxing, no problem. Uh, you know, I need to fight a couple of fights, like I said, yeah. two three fights, and I'm training for a while. Wrestling, you know, I'm Turkish. The wrestling is in our Turkish blood, you know. So I'm talent with wrestling and jujitsu. I'm training. So the experience what I have, not one of these guys have this fighting experience what I have. So why not? That's the big thing everyone um, was saying to me last week. Well, what about his wrestling? How comfortable right now do you feel if the fight goes to the ground? Take down defense, off your back, things like that. I am, man. I'm not going to go to the ground. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm ready, man. I'm training wrestling. I'm training jiu-jitsu. You know, I am... I was... I was When I was young, I was playing soccer. I was talented. And the same time I was doing kickboxing, I was number one. So, you know, I, I am somebody who who is in love with sport. Tennis, I can play tennis. So wrestling, I learned things really fast. Jiu-Jitsu also, the guys were surprised, you know, how fast I was learning the Jiu-Jitsu and the wrestling. So like I said, if you're hungry, if you want to learn, and if you have something in your mind and you believe in it, you will make it, man. I proved myself 100 times, and I'm going to prove everybody again. Like, I'm going to show people, yeah, like the kickboxing world, if they believe they can make it in the MMA. Mm. And I believe if more kickboxers uh going to try the MMA and love it, do it with love, not only for the money or blah, blah, blah. They will, they will, they will show them, you know, because they show already with kickboxing. So why not with MMA? By the way, I'll, I'll never forget when you fought Tyrone Spong and he injured his leg, um, the way you, you, you went over to him and, and showed compassion. I, I thought it was, you know, in, in a really dark moment. Humble. It was it was a really you know lovely moment to see just how you were caring for your opponent and I'm wondering just mentally did that did that mess you up at all I mean that's that's a traumatic thing to go through for both you and him um, did you feel like it was it was hard to to think about fight sports the same after going through that you know it was hard uh, to first time I see a moment like this I was 13 years old there was a Richard Pant versus Floyd Van Damme's uh, K1 fight was in Holland, and I see the guy break his leg, and I was like, fuck, what is this, man? Yeah. And then same thing happened in my fight with Tyron Spong, and Tyron is like a brother. I know Tyron, we grow up together. He's from Amsterdam, I'm from Rotterdam, but I'm from Schiedam, close to Rotterdam, but the way we grow up, like, if there was a weekend, uh, if there was a kickboxing event, always we see each other. We was uh, on our way, the number one fighter, so always we have good contact, you know. And then 
you fight each other for the second time and, and then something like this happened. He, his family was there in Turkey and his mom was there and there was like 13,000, 14,000 crazy Turkish crowd. So for me, that was the best uh, situation, the, the the way handled the situation also for the family and also for him, you know. It was really out of my heart and the moment we fighting, we fighters, we animals. I want to kill my opponent, but when it's finished, it's finished, you know. Hmm. And I like that way, you know. So that was the reason, man. Did, did, but did it mess you up at all afterwards? I mean, did you not want to fight after? I know you fought shortly thereafter, but then you took the long break. Um, were there any, you know... No, no, no. Okay. I was okay with that, you know. Okay. Uh, I mean, we are, we are fighters. That moment was nasty to see yeah. what happened. But yeah, this is the sport, you know. This, is, this can happen with football, with soccer, or with NBA, whatever. This is life. <clears throat> so... I can't stop working because of this, you know? Fair enough. Um, okay, so this is very exciting. A lot of people are, are very excited to, to see you debut in the UFC. I love that video that you did of you in the cage and you took off the T-shirt and it had UFC on it. Uh, very well produced. There's some some great buzz here and I think the 205-pound division could use you. I love this signing by the UFC. Really kind of came out of nowhere, but um, kudos to them for actually getting it done. And you're going to be training in Dubai, right? That's where you live now? That's where you train? Yes, I, uh, I live here for three years and uh, I'm training here with uh, uh, with uh, my wrestling I'm doing with uh, Tam Khan yeah. and uh, Jiu-Jitsu, some uh, uh, good Russian guys and black belt Jiu-Jitsu, a lot of black belts in uh, Dubai from Brazil and uh, from Russia also. So I'm doing my camp here, Mike is going to come over, uh, now it's Ramadan. Ramadan is uh, finished after three weeks and Mike is going to come for two months. My strength and condition trainer is going to come. So we're going to make a big camp here in Dubai, man. I love it. Well, I wish you the best, Gokhan. It's great to talk to you for the first time. And like I said, uh, love the signing. Thank you very much. And very looking forward to your, uh, to your debut. It's going to be great. All the best to you. Good luck in training. And hopefully we'll get to see you debut in Rotterdam. Thank you very much, brother. Take right. care and... Uh, it was good to speak with you, man. It, See you. it was a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Gokhan, and best of luck to you. There he is, Gokhan the Rebel, Gokhan Saki, one of the biggest names in the world of kickboxing, now moving over to the UFC. Um, like I said, a unique signing for the UFC, typically the kind of signing that other promotions make. Bellator, World Series of Fighting, etc. But they need some names at 205. They need some draws. Popular in Europe popular here in the kickboxing world. Um, I love this one. And yes, he's only fought in MMA once, and that was back in 2004, but holy smokes, the guy has, what, 80-something kickboxing victories under his belt? The man knows how to fight. So let's see what happens when he gets to the ground, but uh, this is the kind of excitement that I like. This is fun. And this is what the UFC was built on, right? Guy comes in from another sport. Of course, it has evolved since then, but uh, I'm still down to see it. When the timing is right, the timing is right now for Gokansaki. All right, exciting stuff. Let's move along to our next guest. Uh, you've been hearing a lot from him. He was just on the show last month, but a lot has happened in the past month. So I wanted to catch up with the one and only Mike Perry. He joins us now on the phone. Mike, how are you? 
Yo, what's up, Ariel? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you again. Thank you for coming back on the show. Like I said, a lot going on in your life. You were just in Vegas for that uh, Las Vegas um, uh, athlete, UFC athlete retreat. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, man, I had a good time. Uh, definitely, I got to learn some things. And uh, because of it, uh, events after and, and things like that, I learned even more uh, than I expected really? to learn from it, you know. But, yeah, I uh, appreciate you having me back on, you know what I mean? Next time, maybe I could upgrade to the computer FaceTime or something. Yeah, what's up? Why, why, why are you avoiding us? No, no, I'm not avoiding you. Not at all. I'd like to see your face. Yeah, definitely. Next time, we'll have to upgrade to that. I didn't... Uh, you know, I didn't know what that entailed or what it took to uh, do that, but Fair next enough. time we'll get that set up. But right. yeah, man, the athlete retreat was a—it was a great time. And uh, then after I took it after, and and I did some interviews there, and uh, my management team talked to me, and you know, they they felt like what I had to say and everything was all good. But I got to remember, that, you know, they tried to remind me to remember where I came from and not let the not let them cloud my judgment with all these nice things that they put in front of me. They're like, oh, would you rather have had that retreat or would you have rather had $50,000 at the end of your bonuses on your next fight or something? And I'm like, yeah, 50000 would be great, but I'm still living good right now. And that athlete retreat was a once-in-a-lifetime experience that people aren't going to get uh, anywhere else or ever again. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful for it all. I, that's all I got to say, man. What was the biggest lesson that you learned during that three-day weekend uh, retreat, if you will? Um, um, maybe that, you know, I don't know. There's a couple that I'm not, I'm not necessarily just a UFC fighter. I'm a prize fighter, mm. and uh, I fight for, for me and the reasons I fight for and like family and taking care of myself and being able to make a living off of this and, uh, and testing my, my abilities against the best, uh, other athletes in the world in my weight class. And, um, but that the UFC is just a platform for that. And my prize fighting is even a platform for that. So I can take what I do in that ring and, uh, put it into these interviews or put it into a business or put it into uh, taking care of a group of kids uh, or put it into just something that, that gives back to the world. And then, you know, we're going to keep that circle flowing of the world giving to me and me giving to the world. And that's how you grow. So I think I took a lot of growth from that retreat. I even saw that you, you took a selfie with Ari Emanuel, and I heard that the, the new UFC owners, Emanuel in particular, really took a liking to you. He's a big fan. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, man, that was great. It was cool. We had some breakfast together, and we Whoa. had some dinner together. Just you and him? Different times he sat down. No, no, look, I was sitting at the table one time, and there was, for 45 minutes, I sat by myself in this buffet area at breakfast, and nobody wanted to mess with Platinum Perry, but <laughs> I, I know a couple of the UFC fighters or whatever. I was sitting down. I was comfortable. And then after about 45 minutes, uh, um, one fighter comes up. His name is Dustin. Uh, his girlfriend and my girlfriend got along together, so he came and he sat with me. And then this woman, a uh, 30-something-year-old uh, woman, 
sat across from me, asked if she could, and then our Emmanuel comes up, and he he comes straight to me, taps me on the shoulder, and he shakes my hand. He says, "Hi, I'm Ari Emanuel." I said, "I'm sorry, I I, uh, I don't know uh, that name. I don't know. I know I'm supposed to be excited to meet you, but I don't know who you are." Wow! And uh, he's like, "I'm one. I'm one of the guys who bought the joint." <laughs> I said, "Oh shit! It's nice to meet you, then." And then, uh, you know, we just had a little conversation there, just the four of us. Wow. Did you feel a little weird? Did you feel funny that you didn't know who he was? I mean, he is the boss now. No, man, that's just, it was the truth. You know what I mean? You can't be afraid of the truth. It it is what it is. I don't read a lot or or pay pay any attention to certain things like that, I guess. But then it came to me anyway. So, you know, if I'm supposed to know something, I think I will. Did he promise you any big things? Did he say, "Okay, I've got these big plans for you"? I mean, this is a a, a big no, no, no. nothing, no, yeah, no, no, that. That's not what it was about. He's like, I'm making sure, you know. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're learning some things. Um, he said he has big plans for all the UFC and all the fighters in it, all the athletes. But winners, baby, you gotta be a winner. That's right. Now, what happened? There's all all kinds of stories about an altercation that you had with Jeremy Stevens. Tell us the truth. What happened here? Um, altercation, man. It, I pushed him to the ground. That was it because he he knew. I mean, we weren't supposed to have our girlfriend there, whatever, but we did. And uh, he walked up behind her. It was about a dance on her, man. So he was very disrespectful on his part because he knew what was up. So I shoved him, and he didn't want nothing to do with it. Wait, so he tried to dance with your girlfriend? Yeah, man. Well, that's strange. Did he know that that was your girlfriend? He had to have known it. Wow. And that yeah, pissed you off. It's okay, though. He didn't want nothing to do with me after I pushed him. What happened after you pushed well, him? He would have got up. Nothing. I mean, I sat there and I looked at him and I waited for a response. If he had something to say, if he wanted to get up quickly and rush at me, none of that happened. I, you know, a couple UFC fighters, oh, don't get suspended or don't get cut. It's not worth it. I'm like, man, I'm fine. I didn't do a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just, he got to watch his, my personal space and his personal space. You know, he can't be up in my stuff. So, and then I turned around. It, it was about a minute. And then I walked away because the retreat was over. Snoop Dogg was gone. And it was time to go gamble or do something else in Vegas. Um, and and then you know I have to ask since we're on this subject, what happened with you and Ally Quinta? Did he did he squirt you with a water gun or something? Well, yeah, man, because you know, and that shit did piss me off. But <laughs> I'm a grown ass man, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start a fight with someone because he squirted me a couple times with a water gun. Because I put him on Snapchat, and I don't have the video anymore. Oh. When I, every time every time I walk by Ally Quinta, he he tried to like get attention from everybody like he tried to act scared like oh my god platinum perry's around and like like he was scared of me and playing around and gonna run away from me so then i got him on snapchat like look look how he runs away like a little bitch and then he fucking he pulled out a gun so i played along I was like oh shit he's got a gun and he squirted me it wasn't even in my face it was in the back of my head though hmm. he squirted me like twice and, and and did you do anything about it or just let it go no, I let it go. Okay. Because after your last fight, his last fight, you guys were going back and forth. And I know you're in different weight classes, but all of a sudden I really had this strong desire to see you two fight just because you're so entertaining in and out of the cage. Do you think that's possible at all or, or probably not? 
I mean, why not? Yeah, he said something the other day on Twitter, like, oh, it's up July 22nd. So I tagged um, my manager. He's always like, oh, why is he tagging his manager? Because my manager can get it done. He can make the phone call. Yeah. He can make shit happen. So uh, I tagged um, Sean Shelby, and I tagged the UFC, and I was like, what's up? July 22nd, I'm ready to fight. And then he's like, oh, I'm fighting. I think he said something about El Kukui. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, but I, that's, sure if that's, I was him, I'd take that's the not, fight with El Kukui too. <laughs> over you? Yeah. I don't know if that one's happening, to be honest. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what we say on social media, no matter what we do, no matter what pops off, the UFC is going to call us or my manager is going to call and say that the UFC offered this and yeah. whatever this is, is what we take. It's yeah. what the UFC has planned and we follow their plans because we're in their organization. So, you know, you're very much, I'm ready for any fight. You're very much. And I don't say this disparagingly. You're a company guy. Like you were, you respect the UFC, the process. You're not going to speak out of turn. You're happy. You feel like they treat you well. There's a lot of, you know, discontent these days, but that's not you right now. You seem to be very pleased with the way that they treat you. Yeah, man, because I, I just, um, I haven't been getting paid a lot of money for this, and I'm getting paid like 10 times what I was, or maybe not 10, but, and of course I want to get paid 10 times more than what I'm getting paid now, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am patient. I am happy with my management team. Um uh, first round management, I might as well shout them out, you know, and, um, I'm happy with them and, and they're making sure that, you know, they wouldn't want me to take any shit from the UFC. The UFC got to watch their P's and Q's with me because that's my management team. And, you know, I guess I I learned more about these, this union thing uh, a little bit. And if you got, if you got a room with, uh, they had, they had a meeting at the retreat with like 60 UFC fighters and I didn't know about it or hear about it oh. until after. And, uh, but those are for the people who are crying wolf. I feel like, um, the people who aren't winning necessarily and they're afraid of what their future looks like. And they're like, Oh, we're trying to get jobs in other places like commentating or, you know, anywhere. And, uh, you know, you guys took our sponsorship money, but I never went around picking up all these sponsors. I got some sponsors, but like, I mean, there are certain sponsors that pay 50,000, you know, and Bellator guys make $500,000 off of sponsorship. And, you know, what are they doing for that? Is it social media? Is it, I'm sure there's all types of stuff. So I'm learning about that too. And, but I just always feel confident that I'm going to get mine and I'm just going to keep learning new things. And then and sooner or later, I'll put them into effect and I'll get money every way that a, a champion should when I become champion. So there's been some talk that um, both you and Tiago Alves want to fight each other. And this one's interesting for a number of reasons. But one of them is that you're both represented by the same management team, first round management. Is this the fight that's next for you? Um, I don't know. I would say that sometimes finding a location is harder than finding an opponent. Huh? Why is that? Uh, I would love to, uh, I don't know. That's this. That's what someone told me. That's what management team told me, you know? So, uh, 
But like I said, we don't know who they're going to call and for when. And it could be a two weeks notice. I'm always ready for those. That's how I got in the UFC. Yeah. I'm always ready for that shit. Two weeks, I'm ready to go because more time I get, sometimes it's it's like a little crazier. And the buildup, it's a little extra. But two weeks, it's like, oh, here we go. I'm about to go to work. Yeah. I'm ready. You don't have to overthink it. But this is a fight that you want, Tiago Alves? Yeah, man, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I think we both have good mu- Muay Thai, but I think mine would prevail. Um, I think he'd start to shoot for a takedown and grab me and stuff, and he might be the first submission victory I get. Um, wow. Or I'd, I'd hit him. I'd hit him with these clubs, and it all it all go night night at the end of the night. But um, we who knows? You know, like that. Mir- that Misha Serkinov fight. Oh my yeah. God, dude. That one was so shocking. He just touched him in the man. That that was how Dustin Poirier got hit by Conor McGregor. And, There's that weird spot you know, right above the ear, right? That it doesn't look all that, you know, devastating, but it, it, it people just crumble to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange thing. That's off spot. Um, your friend, Alex Nicholson was on the card. How's he doing? That was a tough loss for him. Yeah, man, that was rough. You know, we, who knows what's going to happen now with him. I'm, we're hoping maybe he gets another fight with the UFC. Um, if not, you know, if I just I hope my brother listens to this, man. Um, I've been thinking for him, you know, you. I came on the phone and you were interviewing some dude who lives in Dubai who's a great kickboxer. What's his name? Uh, Gokan Saki. Yeah, Gokan Saki. I only know that name because of Dragon Ball Z. I was able to say it right. But uh-huh. but um, maybe Alex should go do some kickboxing. Huh. And since he wants to stand with everybody, you know, stand and fight. And, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. Or the UFC give him another fight and he'd do well. Um, I didn't see the Alex that I know in that fight. I don't know why he's got or what happened to him, you know. He, we were just doing a 40-mile bike ride together the week before he went out there to do that. And, you know, he tilted that night. But a fight is not a 40-mile bike ride. Yes, I, I trust me, I understand that. Yeah. But it is, it is, there are some similarities, like when you start talking to God, because you don't know you're going to make it back or not. You know, so. <laughs> that is good. That, that is, we'll that is we'll see what happens for him, man. I haven't. I'm about to go hang out with him today, actually. Okay. See what's up, so. Um, it feels like, you know, the, the more popular you get, you're kind of one of those guys that everyone wants a piece of. Even I saw this veteran, Gerald Harris, who's been around for a long time, going after you on Twitter. Everyone wants a piece of Mike Perry. Do you feel that way? Um, yeah, man. I've always had a loud mouth. But that's because when I do that, I'm looking for someone to, to uh, stand up and say something about it. Because I feel like the things I say, I mean, sometimes I can get carried away, but I've I've cleaned up my act a little bit. There were some tweets between me and Sam Alvey, and I was I was coached um, <laughs> through that situation to come out better than that. Yes. You know? So um, I've been working on that with my words and things like that, and trying not to just totally go zero to a million, and and try to actually be witty or something, but. You know, it's just uh, people overreact about a lot of stuff and you can't just, you just got to keep doing you at the end of the day. That's true. 
at first I feel like it, it's a bit jarring when you have all these people coming after you out of nowhere, but the longer you're involved, you know how to handle it a little better, right? Yeah. You know, and then fighting is always, fighting is always the, the easiest way of handling it. That's, sure. I think, why I fight, because when people want to run their mouth and I just don't even want to waste energy talking to them, it would be funner to just hit them one time. You know, don't, don't worry. I'm not out here attacking people, okay? The <laughs> UFC fighter's not on the loose, just running around crazy. And uh, I, I think about things before I do them. Yes. Well, uh, it seems like it's good to be you these days. I mean, you're, you're living comfortably. comfortably. Uh, you're getting paid well, it seems like. Uh, things are going well. You're, you're, you're handling yeah, your I money a little better, right? Better. You're not walking around with 10, yeah. 10K in your pocket anymore? No, I just shot off 10K to my manager, though. <laughs> oh, what, for that commission? Yeah. Was it deserved? Yes. Yes, it was. Well deserved. Any big investments coming up? Man, maybe I want to invest into the marijuana business. Okay. You like that? No. Yeah. I think that it's going to be huge. I mean, obviously it's going to be huge. It is huge. Yes, it's huge. Now there's possible ways to invest into it, but I don't know a damn thing about investing. I'm learning. I'm learning my numbers, you know. You look like you're pretty good with numbers. What are you trying to say? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you look like Michael Schofield from Prison Break. You look like you That's can... That's right. You said that one time on like Twitter. I did. I said that on Twitter. That's cool. I'll take it. He's a good looking guy, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. No homo. No, I'm just saying. It seemed like you were giving me a compliment and I appreciate it. Um, to be to be honest, I'm actually not good with numbers at all. I know I'm Jewish. I have a big nose. I fit the bill, so to speak. But I actually am very bad with all that stuff. So you know, that's why oh, that's why I talk about MMA for a living. Hey, that's that's a pretty good living. Yeah, it's not bad. Get to talk to people like you. Do you ever get in the gym and spar and train? Well, I mean, have you seen this nose? One punch and I'm done. So I like to stay away from that kind of stuff. <laughs> Man. Well, do you do you uh, hit the bag at all? You don't work out. Oh, I do work out. Yes, I uh, I, I I jog a lot. I, I do things like sit ups and push ups. Play basketball. I like to play basketball. I I, I used to train a lot more in the combat sports, um, but these days not so much. You know, I'm I'm a dad of three. You know, I can't I can't be getting I can't be getting roughed up like that. They need me around. Right, right, absolutely. But I, I yeah, feel like I, I no kids that you know of. Right, ahead, I'm just kidding. No, I don't have any kids. I have three puppies. Oh, and that's it. Um, Take care of my dog. Are you offering me? Do you, would you like to train me? Is that what you're you're getting at? Yeah, man. That'd be yeah. fun. What a show that would be. Definitely. Uh, where right. Where are you? Are you in New York? Or I, li- I live. Where yeah, yeah, New York. Yeah, I'm about to go to New York this weekend. I'll be there uh, Thursday night. What are you doing? Um, just going, just going to see the place. I've For never fun? been. Just for fun? Yeah. Who are you going with? Uh, my girlfriend. Wow. My friend lives up there who moved from down here. She moved up there. I'm going to try to get some training. I'm going to hit up Matt Sarah. Maybe me, you, and Matt Sarah can do a little work. Matt Sarah's a bit uh, what we like to call in the business a hater, so to speak. So I don't know if he would. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but that would be fun. You've got a ton of places here. You've got Matt Sarah's. That's on Long Island. But here in New York City, you've got uh, Marcelo Garcia. You've got Henzo Gracie. I mean, you've got a who's who here. 
Yeah, man. I wonder how they'll feel if I walk up in the building trying to get some training. I think they'll feel pretty good. Good. Cool. The Matt Sarah thing might be a bit weird because of Ally Quinta, you know, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe they'll be open to it. Oh, are they together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Sarah's his coach, one of his coaches. I didn't coaches. even know that. I was actually kind of cool with uh, Matt Sarah when he was in. On, it, on the um, show. Uh, no, when he was in Nashville when I fought Ellenberger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does train yeah. him. I mean, that's not to say, but if, if Al's there, maybe it might be weird. Well, no, nah, because I was, I mean, maybe we'd fight, though, this time. That'd be nice. Well, no, no, not for uh, no money. You, you need to get in the business of fighting for money. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, I told him I'd go to the gym, but he said he doesn't spar. Oh, well, that kind of ruins that. All right. Yeah, he's like, I haven't sparred in four years. Well. I guess that's how some fighters do it. I do this shit differently. Mm -hmm. I love this shit so much that if I don't spar or work out, I wouldn't say work out. I don't love working out. But if I don't like grapple or spar or punch somebody or kick somebody in like a week's time, I start itching like a fiend, like a crackhead. Like, ooh, I got to punch something. So (laughs) I love it. You're one of a kind, Mike. Me too. Uh, Thank you. You too, bro. Good to well, catch no, up I with you. No, I guess not. It's Michael Schofield. Look. That, well, the look, but the soul might be one of a kind. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, very, very good. Good to catch up as always. Good luck getting that next fight, and we'll talk to you very soon. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys. Everybody have a blessed day. Peace. Same to you. There he is, Platinum Perry, the one and only stopping by. Good to hear from him as always. Okay, big news last week. Roy Nelson, he's headed to Bellator. Who saw this coming? This is very exciting. How exciting? He's actually joining us via the magic of Skype for the first time ever. When he was in the UFC, he couldn't be bothered. He would just pop on the phone, give us a couple of answers here and there, but now he has gone out of his way to join us via the magic of Skype. Is that true? Bit of a delay here. I was trying to build up to it. Is he there? What happened? Oh, we lost him for he's a second. He's calling in. Oh, okay. He's calling in. Wait, he's not doing Skype? <laughs> what is happening? Someone's laughing in my ear. Oh, is that Roy's voice? That is Roy's voice. Oh, but no video? I want to see you. Oh, there you are. Hey, Roy, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Congratulations. This is very exciting. It is very exciting. I have a lot to talk to you about. First things first, you know, free agency, contracts expiring, all this stuff. It's been a hot topic. And most guys have been saying it before their last fight. You didn't tell anyone about this. And that's why I think the news was so big on Friday when it came out. No one knew that your contract was up. Why didn't you talk about this beforehand? Because uh, in MMA, anything can happen. Okay. What do you mean? That's just how it is. But your contract, you had one left. MMA- fight, you had one fight left, right? Yeah. No. It, um, I think it's it's kind of one of those those things. You know, it's what's best for my family, and you know, not what's best for anybody else. Yeah. I feel you. So you didn't want to talk about it beforehand, and you know, I was talking that that was a strange fight, the the Volkov fight. You know, it just, it never felt, and correct me if you feel otherwise, it never felt like you could really get going. And of course there was a the height and, and reach advantage. And I'm wondering if in your mind, were you kind of checked out at that point? Did you, did you like, w- did you feel in hindsight that you weren't all there? Um, yeah, no, it just, there was a lot of, 
there's a lot of stuff you know that happened during that fight um and then like fight camp and stuff so for me it was just you know kind of just you know i just wanted to fight and you know as as you saw you know volkov didn't want to fight um and then you know it's just one of those just kind of one of those things were you were you frustrated no, not frustrated. Uh, I think it's more the uh, making sure because the fans there, they just wanted, you know, I was just putting on a show for the fans. <laughs> and I'm, I don't know how it, I don't know how it worked out at home, but at um, in the arena there, um, everybody knows who actually won the fight because it's a fight, not a, if you're going from the sport aspect, it was just, you know, tag. Because if, if I don't mind getting hit by your punches, it's like getting getting hit by my sister. So who really cares? Right. So you actually feel like you won the fight? Uh, if it's a fight, yes. Yeah. If it's definitely a fight, I ran out of we, we ran out of time. Okay. Um, when you left the cage that night, was there a part of you that 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 kind of knew that your UFC run was coming to an end? Um. Not really. I think it was more of a, more of, uh, I think, uh, just kind of understanding, you know, what's best for, for my family. I think I went back and talked to my wife and then, um, and then we kind of went from there to see, uh, what we needed to do for quality of life. Okay. And, and usually, so, go, sorry, go ahead. You know, just quality of life, just, you know, things that would improve our life from stress to, you know, just the stuff that I've been through, you know, because you look old when you start when you when you uh, start this MMA game. Are you stressed? Not right now, no. No, but were you stressed in the UFC? Uh yeah, no. I I had always have stress. I, I mean, I, everybody complained about my weight. I was a stress eater. <laughs> but, but maybe in Bellator, you know, you'll see a skinny guy. Oh wow! What did that be something? You finally fighting at two hundred five, right? That's uh, to get that rid, rid of that stress eating, you know. Um, usually, when contracts expire, as you may know, there's a three month exclusive negotiation period. But it doesn't appear as though that was the case with you because you fought in April and we're only, you know, end of end of May. The three months would be July. So, how were you able to sign so quickly with Bellator? Uh easy. You know, um, you know, pull some strings. You know, you you put some. Uh, you know, in MMA, anything can happen. There's just a lot of things that just went in through a whole bunch of things in turmoil. And um, for myself, uh, you know, I wanted to work with Scott Coker um, and made that happen. Why did you want to work with Scott? I'm sorry, what? Why did you want to work with Scott? Uh, the one thing about working with Scott Coker, I've never heard a bad thing about Scott Coker. Mm. And and that means a lot, especially in our sport. You should know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you did you actually sit down and talk to Scott before signing? No, I, I haven't. It's just one of those things. Like my, you know, like you know, King Mo. Like yeah. I've I've had other uh, definitely worked with Scott in the past from Strike Force, from like Nick and Nate, or actually Nick. Yeah. Uh, to Gilbert, you know. So everybody that I know that's worked with Scott has never had a bad thing to say about him. And, you know, and I've been in doing this for such a long time and I'm like, well, this is my chance to work with Scott. Let's do it. Hmm. Um, and so did, did you even consider resigning with UFC or did you really just want to go to Bellator? 
No, I the thing about you know working with the UFC is you know definitely you just it, there's a, they're under new management so there's a lot of different things that go that that are happening. I mean, did you go to the uh, the UFC summit? I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. So yeah, so I, I just do want to be a part of. I wanted to be part of something different that would uh, make quality of life much better. Okay, yeah, I know. I wasn't invited because it was for the the athletes only, so I wasn't. I wasn't allowed to be there. Yeah, that's never stopped you before. Well, you know, I like to respect boundaries, Roy. So if they tell me I'm not allowed, I actually did ask if we could. <laughs> yes, why? What are you implying? <laughs> oh, wow. I don't go where I I'm not you allowed. I always wanted this. Well, I mean. Well, I think, I thought it was, isn't it like at a, um, at a, a reg, wasn't it at a regular hotel? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, but you know what? If I'm not wanted somewhere, I'm not going to go there. It's different than a story. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Plus, plus, you know, I've, I've worked with Mike Hogan before. That's right. And he's a man of his word. So um, I, I always appreciate a man of his word and, you know, sticking by it. And this, um, and that's kind of my philosophy is because your word is your bond. Since you started with the UFC, what a run it has been. Uh, almost, what, eight years now um, since you debuted in 2009. From the get-go, almost you, you you butted heads with Dana White. Do you do you leave with any regrets? Do you wish things could have been done differently? Do you wish that you could have fought for the belt? How do you how do you leave this chapter of your life? Uh, I think the biggest chapter I, I could say I left with the UFC is um, I've given more time to the UFC fans than any other heavyweight in, um, that's been on the roster. Wow, that's one of those things. Record books. <laughs> Nineteen fights, right? All that, but time-wise, like if you talk about how many how much how many minutes and seconds I've been in the uh, oh, cage, okay. I give more than weight in the um, on the I think just in the UFC UFC roster. I think the only person right behind me is Junior Dos Santos. Do you feel like this 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 new chapter signing with Bellator has this reinvigorated you? Do you feel like you have a new lease on on your career? Do you feel differently? Do you feel like you have okay? This is a fresh start. You needed something new to get excited again. Um, I, I think I'm definitely excited. The the one thing I'm excited about is being back with uh, Spike and Viacom because they're the ones that actually launched MMA in the U.S. Yeah. So you know, going back to basically your roots, uh, um, I think that's the, the plus they have the crossover appeal. Uh, the one thing Fox Sports One doesn't really have Fox uh, the crossover appeal just because that's like just being on ESPN. Okay, so you mean crossover with just like regular guys who aren't sports fans? Yeah. yeah, basically just fans that uh, want to watch uh, our sport. That basically what got them into watching MMA. Are you excited about getting your own sponsors again? I, I that's one thing I'm very excited about. That's yeah. that's best. That's definitely a plus um, than being in the UFC versus being an employee and getting a uh, wear this <laughs> uniform. Do do you feel like the sponsorship game in MMA is 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 still a thriving one? Is there money to be made out there for you? Uh for me, yes. I don't know about anybody else. Okay. Well, because you're you're I mean you're an icon, right? Big country. I think I think um, it all depends on who you are and uh, how marketable. How I mean, because sponsorship is about marketability. Sure. If you are the guy that like. We'll just use UFC. If you were the guy making, you know, you're on the Reebok deal and you're making $15,000 and you 
you were nobody knew who you were and you were just like i've been fighting you know here for the last five years blah 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 and you um make a 15 grand and you're like oh yes and then there's people that were names and you hit 15 grand you're like um you just took my salary away like i made more from sponsorship than i actually did fighting mm. i did that for the longest time you did i did wow yeah so like when you're more from sponsors than you are from fighting then there's a I, usually there's a problem yeah well, what's the most you ever made in sponsors for a fight do you remember what have i ever made what's the most you made what's the most you made for a fight a lot okay all right <laughs> enough, enough, enough to buy a house all right well done um from that one from that one sponsorship one fight from uh from the sponsorship actually yeah from um it would it'd be a, cumul- a cumulative okay. um, sponsorship deal yeah um and so do you have your your debut date yet do you know when you're going to debut do you know who you're going to fight um, it, it might be, uh, June, was it June 24th? It might, you might oh. see me just pop in there. I don't, MSG? I don't know. Maybe I've always wanted to fight on, um, in Madison. Is that being discussed? I feel like we're, I mean, we're less than a month away. I feel like it's a little late for that now. Why? I don't know. I feel like the card is full. They don't just you have such a yeah, huge reach in MMA fighting? Well, you want me to get you booked? Oh, wait. No, well, uh, you don't. Have, I mean, I can call up Kogan or um, yeah. Kogan <laughs> um, what about opponent? What about opponent? No, no, no. I, 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 I mean, like as far as you actually fighting. What about opponent? Who do you want to fight? I, you know, like with me, I never. The one thing I've, uh, I've always been a, at four is you know whoever I fight, you put in front of me, I'll fight. Uh, the one thing about like when I was with the. UFC, I'd ask for opponents and I'd get, no, they don't want to fight you. They're scared, you know, or they they, they don't want to fight you. <laughs> like, it's, so yeah. for me, it's, it was one of the, that was, that was really a frustrating thing because I thought we were in the sport of fighting, but there's a lot of people, it's, it's gotten more towards like the boxing where it's like, let's go 30 and 0 or let's fight once every six months or actually once every two years or whatever it is to keep my record going. And then I'll fight the same guy 12 times. <laughs> like if, if I fight anybody again, I'm gonna I'd 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 beat them up because it's like one of those things you kind of know their number um, after you kind of first time you like you do I don't know you just run out of time yeah um and and so as far as like I think when this was announced when we reported it uh, first on on Friday overwhelmingly the reaction was positive but I did see some people as you usually do say oh Roy's over the hill, he's taking too many shots, things like that. What's your response to those people? Actually, I didn't see any of those. Maybe you got different fan bases than I do. Well, it was just a vast amount of people. I'd say overwhelmingly it was positive. People were very excited about this. They thought you were a good fit in Bellator. But you do see that. I mean, you know, some some big shots lately, some, you know, the Volkov fight, things like that. So people, I think, aren't sure what to make of, of your next step. Uh, who's the the 10% that doesn't pay for to that actually watch the fights? Well, man, so so what okay, fair enough. I only count the the people that actually watch. And, and either way, if if they're if they're haters they're going to watch. If they, if they if they watch, I, that's all I care about. And so you, they're fans. And they're fans. 
you felt like it was a very strong response, a very positive response to the news from what you saw. Yeah, no, there's, you know, I haven't had one bad thing, you know, it's great from the only person that had anything bad to say was you. Oh, stop it. What's all, what's with all the hostility, Roy? I thought we were friends. I'm not feeling the love today. Oh, hostility. I'm, I'm not the only s- one that's bringing up bad stuff. Well, I just wanted to know if, I mean, like you start, I you start, you start, started the interview with a bad, with a phone call saying I've never Skyped in because I was never asked. This is the first time I've ever been asked. Uh, first, I mean, I feel like it's almost assumed on the show. Like you could either do phone or Skype, but uh, maybe that's true. I mean, you've been on the show plenty of times. Right. And, and, if you, and then the first thing you're like, well, Roy, has, Roy finally has time. Like, no, it's just you got to ask. If oh. you ask and say, hey, could you Skype in? I'll be like, yeah, sure. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I was actually trying to put a positive spin saying like, this is a brand new Roy new era. Not only is he coming on, he's coming on via Skype. This signals, you know, it just, it, w- it was just a thing to say really. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was a brand new era. It is a brand new era. And I think everyone's. Uh... Oh, we start with. The old... Oh, wow. You are something else. What? You stir the pot worse than me. You got to remember everything. What? You stir the pot worse than me. No, I don't stir the pot. <laughs> I might cook, but I don't stir. I wanted to ask you this. I haven't talked to you in a very long time. That 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 thing in Brazil with uh, Big John, and then you came out and read that that apology. You didn't really want to do that, right? I mean, I thought that that was silly to make you do that. I thought they were trying to embarrass you, the, the Brazilian commission. I didn't think that that was appropriate at all. What did you make of that? US, uh, the Brazilian commission or UFC commission or whatever it is, um, they just wanted a couple bucks. Oh, I, I think that's all. That and then they just that was their way of doing it, and and for me to reduce, you know, whatever to make things like for me personally, it was one of those things like we could have just not ever went back there and called it a day and yeah. never fought in Brazil. Uh, but the one thing about the Brazilian fans, they're either hardcore or hardcore the other way. Like I had people going, I love you, Roy. To <laughs> you walk out here, I'm going to kill you. So like it was, it was definitely a different experience. But you didn't really want to sit there and read that, right? I mean, I've never seen that before. It was like they were treating you like a kid. Uh, well, I guess that's uh, the way I look at it. Is you know the things you just have to do to kind of just move forward. Okay. And I'm all about moving forward. Do you, do you do you have an issue if Big John refs another one of your fights? Do I have uh, no? Because uh, we, we've we've talked about exactly exactly. We have better communication now. Okay, so you won't pro, you won't protest or anything or file some kind of complaint if you see that he's refing you or something like that or assigned to your to your card. No, usually I don't even know until the day of the fight. So sure, it's not a. It's not one of those things. Then I, then I go, oh, <laughs> and then I have to back in the mental state of a fight. That's annoying. That's kind of a bummer when you're there at the arena and you're trying to get ready for a fight and you have that reaction. It, it does, but, you know, life goes on. You just put on a show for the fans and just rock and roll. Well, I'm excited about this. Like I said. I think the vast majority of MMA fans are as well. Uh, this is fun to see you go back on Spike TV. The highest rated fight in the Ultimate Fighter history, you versus Kimbo Slice, still stands 
All these that, that plus that's the highest rated show uh, ever in uh, Spike history too. How about that? Still got it. Still got it. After all these years. Uh, good to talk to you again. It's good to see your face, Roy. Thank you for doing Skype. I, I appreciate you you uh, sort of you know celebrating this moment with your first Skype interview on the show. <laughs> and I look forward well, to... Well, I agree. Yeah. Just, just if you want it in the future, all you got to do is ask. I will. And so, and, and by the way, because you, you said June 24th promotion, but you don't have a debut yet? No, I, I, I do not. Um, my biggest... Uh, for debut, I mean, I don't even know when the next fight cards are for uh, Bellator. I think you know, just just getting the first step first was to you know get a deal done, and yeah. then after getting a deal done, then for me, you know, we know do an interview with you. That's the next. That was the next step. Okay, <laughs> we got to start with baby step, kind of work work your way up. Thank you. Well, Mazel Tov to you and your lovely wife and your son on the new deal, this new chapter. It's a very exciting time for the Nelsons. I'm looking forward to your debut and thank you for coming on. It's great to talk to you again. I appreciate it. You can call anytime. All right. Thank you, Roy. I appreciate that very much. There he is, the newest member of the Bellator heavyweight roster, the one and only Roy Nelson stopping by. Great to see. Thought it was a nice signing on their part. Some options for him at heavyweight. Of course, Matt Mitrione, who he once beat not that long ago, is fighting Fedor Emelianenko on June 24th. They've got some names. And so we will see when he debuts. He doesn't seem to know just yet, as you just heard on the show. Um, Okay, in a matter of seconds, we are going to be joined by Sage Northcutt found out earlier in the week, last week, that he is returning to action. It's been a while since we've seen him in action. Late last year was the last time. He is fighting Claudio Poyas at UFC 214. Looking forward to his return. There's a lot going on in the life, as always, of one Sage Northcutt, and he joins us. Oh, I saw him there from the corner of my eye. Via the Magic of Skype, there he is, Super Sage himself. Hey, Sage, how are you? What's up, Mr. Hawani? I'm doing good. It's great to talk to you. I, I appreciate after that last interview uh, having you on. So it's it's always good to have you on the show, Sage. And it's great to see that you are coming back. H- have you ever heard of Claudio Poyes before when, when they offered you him? Uh, no, sir, I haven't. Uh, I do know he is from Peru, I believe. And he was the finalist in the Ultimate Fighter. So that's very interesting. I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. W- were you intrigued by the matchup? Did you have any qualms about it, or did they offer you him and you said yes? Uh, I said yes, yes, sir, and uh, I think it's both interesting. We're both very young, and uh, I think it's going to be an exciting fight. So I'm training hard, and I'm ready to put on a great show. And are you fighting at 155? Yes, sir, 155. Why did you go back down to 155 after your last fight against Mickey Gall being at 170? You know, I just went up to fight that fight at 170, and uh, okay. I think 155 is my uh, weight class for now that I'll be at. Um, I'm walking around a little bit lighter, so that way I make the weight easier. I'm stronger. I should be uh, faster and, and not have to struggle to make that weight cut at 155. So that should all work out great. I have my tonsils removed about, yes. about four and a half weeks ago. So that's that's all healed up. I should be better than ever, stronger than ever. Shouldn't be getting sick anymore. 
So I'm, I'm excited about that. So this is kind of a crazy story. I was talking to your dad about it. Um, we, we, we remember that you had the issue uh, with strep throat prior to the um, Brian Barberina fight. And this issue has kind of bugged you for quite some time. T- tell us what you were feeling and, and why it led to you having to have your tonsils removed. What happened? Yes, sir. So during my uh, first loss in UFC, I did have really bad strep throat. And as Mr. White announced um you you saw the picture it was it was very horrible but then throughout that actually after the fights the the next few fights that i did have even though i didn't have stripped up the day of the fight uh it might have been a week before the fight or two weeks before the fight but throughout the fight camp and throughout the different camps for my fights that that i had the last few fights i was very sick so i would i would get sick i would heal up uh get sick again and there were still strains of bacteria left in my tonsils so the only resort was to get my tonsils removed and uh, you can ask Mr. Woodley, too, because I was up there training with him for his last fight against Wonderboy Thompson uh, when he re- retained his belt. And I was up there, and I got real sick, and he quarantined me in a hotel for about a week. <laughs> and then he goes, all right, Sage, now you're good. He goes, you've been on antibiotics for a week. He goes, uh, come train with me again. So I trained with him again. I got very sick, unfortunately, again. Uh. Uh, came back to Texas, got sick again. And then after that last one, three in a row, again, they just said, we have to remove your tonsils. So that was the best thing. Wow. And so what were you feeling when you were getting sick? You know, it's your whole body's fatigued. If anybody's ever had strep throat, it's like strep throat, but the worst kind of strep throat. It's, it was actually eating holes in my tonsils. So if oh. you looked at a picture, there was like little pits in my tonsils. And what happened was the different antibiotics would kill off the bacteria, but it wouldn't kill off all 100% of it. So it would come back stronger, come back stronger and stronger again. And it would just affect my whole body. My, my strength, my speed, my cardio, my breathing, um, the amount of pressure that you have on your throat, the fatigue of your muscles, just everything. So if, if I had it for the day of the fight, that was horrible. Or if I had it weeks before the fight or a month before the fight, it would take me out for weeks of my training and just affect me all around. So getting it removed is, is the best thing. Before knowing that you needed to, to get them removed, were you kind of getting worried? Like, you know, what's going on here? Why am I feeling this way? Am I never going to be the same? How are you reacting to it? Definitely. I I was a little worried because I would train very hard. I'd be feeling great. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just get kind of sick. And then all of a sudden, I would, of course, as anybody would do that, that's that fights. And as a professional UFC fighter, they would try to train through it. So I would train through it. And then it would just run my body down more and more. So the only thing the doctor said I could do was get him taken out, and uh, I was out for multiple weeks after that. And then now I'm now I'm healing up. I'm training again, and it's good. Do you feel a difference already in, in how your body is feeling? Definitely, it's kind of like a car. If you think about it, you have you have an exhaust pipes on a car, and imagine having like a restrictor plate, and you have a tiny hole, and you're trying to you're trying to breathe. The engine's trying to breathe, and it has all the air coming through the engine, and that restrictor pipe on your plates uh, that goes through your exhaust, there's no air getting through there. It's like a little straw almost. Uh. Now all of a sudden you remove that. Now listen to how much louder your car is, how much better it can breathe. You add horsepower, you add torque, and improves improves the fuel economy, the whole entire car. So kind of the same thing I feel like. I had these huge tonsils. The doctor said it was one of the biggest tonsils ever taken out. I actually, have a pic- I actually put them in a jar and I have a picture of them. Oh put them God. in a jar for me. But, wow. Um, Imagine having these huge tonsils in your throat and you're trying to breathe through a little tiny passageway and then you get those taken out. And for a few weeks, it's going to hurt. A few weeks, you can't do anything besides drink protein shakes, eat some ice cream and try to recover. But after that, it's, it's all, all better in the long run. You didn't eat ice cream, though. 
<laughs> I had I had a little bit of ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> some, some chocolate and peanut butter ice cream. Oh yeah, I did drink I did drink uh, my favorite protein shakes, the RTDs okay. by Labrada. Those I had I had that for hey, two weeks straight. Aren't you that UFC fighter? Yeah, hey man, nice to meet you. <laughs> Look at that, you're getting. I just uh, <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> Where are you I now? Just, uh, <laughs> I just oh, I actually just finished training some um, some training just across town actually at. At uh, the gym I'm training at Paradigm, okay, here in Houston, Texas. So, and I just came over to pick up some products right before uh, got on Skype with you. And so, is this is this your home gym now? Because I know you you know you were with uh, Tyron for a little bit. You've been at some other gyms. Is this where you're going to train for this fight? Uh, yes, sir. It is. Okay. So, Paradigm Training Center, um, training back in Texas. That's my new gym for this fight. They have great uh, grappling coaches, great coaches, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. What, whatever happened with you training at TriStar? Oh, I trained up at TriStar for just uh just for a short period of time for uh, one of my fights. Yeah, and then um, I came back to Texas. Um, I just I just figured for this fight I'd rather be back here. Okay, and uh, I'm training with uh, Santos Juan Claire is one of my uh, grappling coaches. Um, there's there's a lot of great grappling coaches, a lot of great coaches here for me to train with, and uh, Paradigm Training Center is a great place for me. So. I'm sticking here for this fight. Were you sad that uh, you couldn't fight at 211 in Dallas? You know, I was. That was a great card. Yeah, and I was really looking forward to fighting there. Uh, it worked out the way it worked out. I was gonna fight, but then again, after training with Woodley, I came back here to Texas, and I just kept getting sick. And then finally, we told the UFC I had to get my tonsils removed because it was, it was just affecting me so much. So I got that taken out. I think it was for the best and. Now UFC 214, John Jones and Cormier for the main event. That's, That's I'm awesome. excited for that. <laughs> Are you going to be on the pay per view? Do you know where you'll be on the card? Oh, uh, you know I have I have no idea yet, but okay. uh, I'm I'm excited to be fighting on UFC 214. So I can't wait to see. All I know is I'm going to put on a great fight and put on a a great show for everyone. So you, training hard. Do you feel considering how your last fight went, you and, and you've been out for a little bit now. Do you feel like there's some extra pressure for you to, you know, get people back on on, on your side of things, make people into believers again? Uh, no, no extra pressure. Just just for the fact that it's going to make me want to go train harder and uh, be so much better. So I'm going there. I'm training super hard, and and uh, I'm going to make sure that I go out there and I'm going to be ready for this fight. And are you still going to train with Tyron at all, or was that only because of the Wonder Boy fight or fights? Uh, you know, we might train again. We might train again in the future. Uh, we still text and talk and um, everything. I just Snapchat him just uh, just yesterday or two days ago. So yeah, we we'll probably link up and train again. And uh, I guess we'll see see what the future brings. And you were just at the Las Vegas uh, athlete retreat, right? Yes, yes, sir. I saw him there actually. Oh, that's right. He and was... his wife. Yeah. So, what was it like? Did you enjoy it? Definitely. The new facility is amazing. They had they had this cool. Uh, it was a a treadmill wrapped around with this bubble thing, and I walked in there, and they had this guy that was running on the treadmill, and he was floating like on the moon. Oh wow! Pretty much, it had this air that gets like pumped into there, and it was like a they called it anti gravity treadmill. So that was kind of cool. They had a room that stimulates uh, no oxygen, so it takes you to 10,000 meters. They said Mount Everest is 8,000 meters, so oh, wow. it sucks the oxygen out of the room and it makes your cardio better. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty high tech. They had these force plates there to test your punches and your kicks, your knees, um, all sorts of stuff. The whole place is amazing. So will you try to use that Performance Institute if you're ever in Las Vegas? 
For sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Did and I think it's I think it's so cool the UFC did that for, for us fighters and uh, to, to allow us to come there anytime we want. If we're in a camp, if we're not in a camp, or we just happen to be in town. So that's that's really cool. Now here's what I want to know. Did you go to the Snoop Dogg concert? Oh yes. Uh, I was there. <laughs> Snoop Dogg came up and <laughs> he started singing. That was that was pretty funny. I was actually playing uh before we shoved, we're playing beanbag toss. Okay. And uh, me and Chris Weidman, me and Chris Weidman, we were playing and we we beat some guys in beanbag toss. That was pretty fun. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know you and Chris were buddies. <laughs> he's he's cool. He he's cool really guy. cool. <laughs> you Reebok guys have to stick together. But what do you think of Snoop? Are you a fan of his music? Every, everybody knows Snoop Dogg, I feel like. That's right. And uh, <laughs> every, everybody in the audience was out there uh, screaming, yelling, and uh he had a pretty cool uh, show that he that he did up there and singing and everything. Did you did you go to the um, the classes like Kobe Bryant speaking and Michael Strahan and and if so, did you find those to be useful? I did. Yes, I think they're very smart. Um, they're they're very smart. How they what the things they did, uh, not only how how successful they are, but the things they did to get there, and then also, for instance, Kobe Bryant, what he did. Well, he was already playing out his future while he was actually still doing the basketball, still competing, but he was playing out what he's going to do afterwards, mm -hmm. after he retired. And I thought that was very smart, and it was really nice of them to come out there and speak to all of us. Okay. So I had my little uh, notebook there the UFC gave me. I was taking notes. Oh, really? And uh, it was def definitely useful. They had s social media classes. They had um, the speakers come speak to us. They had all sorts of stuff. They Reebok had a uh, deal with a graffitied shoes. I wish I had them on right now. I have a different pair of Reebok shoes on, but but you they made had your these own. shoes, solid white shoes. Yes, yes, sir. We got to tell them like we want our name on there, or what we want, and they graffiti them for us. So oh, that was wow. cool. Um, kind of like you're back in school. And by the way, what's going on with your 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 school life? Are, are you still gonna take classes at Texas A&M? Right? Uh, no, sir. Actually, I withdrawed from school. So okay, <clears throat> for now, no more classes. I'm just gonna focus full time on fighting, going out there winning put on a great show, doing my best I can be. Wow. And later on, if, if the school comes and I want to do the school later, then I can. But for now, I'm going to take this seriously and, and make sure I can make the most of it. How'd your parents feel about that? Uh, they, think that they think that's smart because uh, you only get, you only get it's such a big opportunity. You only get um, a chance for this. And, and to do two things at once, they know how hard that is to do the school, petroleum engineering and fighting at the same time super tough yeah so put all of your effort into one and you can be you can be much better at that one for sure do you think that that was an issue in the past that you were trying to do too much you know that could have been a little bit of an issue but uh there's there's no excuses just i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna put all my effort into this and and make sure i'm 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 the best i can be all around and uh, I hope you don't mind me asking this, but I'm, I'm, I'm a perceptive guy on, on social media, and it seems like you're involved in a relationship these days. Am I right? Oh, uh, yes, sir. You're off the market. This is exciting. Oh, <laughs> thanks. That's funny. I feel like a lot of women are very sad now. I mean, I see you and this lovely young lady tweeting things and posting pictures and things like that. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, thanks, Mr. Alwani. Yeah, how long has this been going on for? We'll see. Um, well, I've not, I met her at school, actually. I've known her from school, but we'll see how uh, everything goes and, and wh where it takes us. Is it tough to balance all of this? Like, you know, your personal life, dating, things like that, the fighting, do you, do you, do you feel like it's easy to balance or is it a little tricky? 
no, I think you just you can't uh, obviously can't get too focused on one thing. Yeah. Um, you have to make sure that everything's in, I guess, in proportion. So okay, you got to be smart about everything. And speaking of exciting news, your sister is going to make her MMA debut in just a couple of weeks, right? In uh, in June for LFA, Colby. She's going to fight at 135. Yes. Th- this is long overdue, right? She's been talking about this for quite some time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. June 23rd. Uh, I'm super I'm super excited for her, so that's going to be that's going to be awesome. Is she with you right now? Uh, no, she's not actually. She just flew back to uh, California. She was with me uh, she flew in on Thursday, uh, super late at night, and then she just flew back uh, this morning, actually. Are you going to help her train for the fight? Uh, I was for a few days just just uh, hanging out with her, but she's going to come back here again before the fight. The fight's actually here in Houston where I'm training, so uh, we'll see. She's training up there in California, and I can't wait for her to come back. How do you feel? Do you feel like, I, I feel like just a couple wins, and we might see her you know, in the UFC. Do you feel like she's... Uh, you know she's 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 good enough right now to do that or wait and see. Let's not get too crazy. No, definitely wait and see. But she's she's awesome. So yeah. she's 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 this much taller than me. Wow, which is crazy. She fights at one thirty five. She can fight at one thirty five or one forty five, and she has incredible karate, incredible stand up. Uh, her jiu is good. So it's it's gonna be awesome. It'll be a first pro MMA fight. She's submitted. I don't know how many girls she submitted in the amateur. Uh, MMA fights, but she hasn't fought in two years. So she's still been training, but she was focused on school for two years. Uh, she just finished up and graduated. And now it's time for her to fight. And what about your younger brother? Is he going to fight soon? Uh, he actually might. He just turned eighteen. He actually had knee surgery, so we're gonna we're gonna wait till he heals up and see what he feels about it. But that'd be really cool. I know he's got he's got the skills too. Is it strange for you to watch your sister fight? Like, because you know you love her so much. That's your sister. Does it feel strange? When you're sitting there watching her compete? No, it doesn't actually. I, I kind of have a confidence for her. So okay. I know when she goes out there, what she can do, what she's ready for. And uh, I'm just, I'm more excited for her. So definitely not worried or anything. Just, just really excited. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see you backstage. It's, it's been a while. It's been what, uh, six or so months since we last saw you compete. And so it's going down uh, yes, July 29th, UFC 214, you versus Claudio Poyez of the Ultimate Fighter Latin America, as you mentioned. The return of Sage Northcott. People are excited. They were missing you. Did you feel that? Yes, sir. I was missing it too. I wanted to be out there uh, the past months and months and months. I wish I could have been. Yeah, that's right. But that- now um, I-, I can't wait. And now you're feeling healthy. We, so did you actually post that on social media, the, the tonsils? Do, 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 we, do we have a shot of that on your Twitter or Instagram? Uh, actually, uh, I never posted the picture. Um, I can post it, yes. They have a little jar and they have both my huge tonsils oh in my there. Gosh. So I could actually post that. Where is that? Like, where do you keep those tonsils? You know, they didn't actually let me keep the jar. They actually handed me the jar for a picture. Oh, uh, okay. When, uh, they, they made me, it was my first time. They actually... They put a needle in my vein, and then I'm sitting in the chair. They brought me back, and they go, they said something, and I was like, so when am I going to pass out? I've never, I've never been passed out by a, a drug. And they're like, well, you should be passing out here in about 15 seconds. I was like, 15 seconds? I was like, I don't feel anything. And then I remember the last thing, last thing I remember before passing out was, I was like, man, somebody in this room smells really good. And then I just passed out. And then I, and then I woke up. I woke up, and I was like, did, did we do my uh, surgery yet? And they're like, yeah, you're all done. And they gave me a popsicle and I had a popsicle in my hand. So 
I was like, this is a weird feeling. <laughs> That's amazing. And and who was the person that smelled good? You Did you find out? Yeah, I asked them. It was one of the nurses, I think. They had, they said they were wearing lavender. <laughs> but they washed their clothes in lavender and it was like a lavender, uh, lavender oh. deodorant or something. That's like all natural, yeah. Sounds like a great hospital. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You want people to smell good, you yeah. know? Before you go. And, and how, long, how long yes, were you in the hospital for? Uh, that was a quick surgery. I think, well, overall, maybe, maybe I don't know how long I was passed out, but the surgery only takes about 30 to 45 minutes, they say. Oh, okay. But mine was, uh, mine was about that long, but then they had, I guess, the time before, like 30 minutes of me sitting in the chair. Uh, they're giving me like an IV, like with fluids and stuff before I pass out. You didn't and have then, to sleep like, there, right? Out paperwork. So, you didn't have to sleep over. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, well that's good. Uh, no sir, no sir. They did it really early in the morning. Okay, so that was that was good. Well, I'm happy it went well. I'm happy you're back on track. Happy that you have a fight. Looking forward to your return. Looking forward to seeing you fight as always. Appreciate you squeezing us in, Sage. I know you just uh, trained and you're out and about. So thank you very much. Always great to catch up with you. Oh, definitely. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, there he is, Sage Northcutt, returning at UFC 214 against Claudio Poyes. Always great to talk to one super sage. So that's in what, less than two months, two months from yesterday, right? All right, so thank you very much to Sage for stopping by as he joins us from that supplement store, vitamin store, nutritional store. In a matter of seconds, we are going to be joined by the one and only George St. Pierre. Always a pleasure to talk to George St. Pierre. Always a treat. He was in the news once again. Uh, late last week, he was at a conference in Montreal talking about why <clears throat> he is unable to fight Michael Bisping in July, on July 8th, and really shed a lot of light on the delay for that particular fight. And so obviously once I found out that he opened up a little more about this, really wanted to have him on and he is kind enough to join us once again. We are now being joined by the greatest welterweight of all time, one George St. Pierre. George, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, uh, Ariel. I hope you're doing well yourself. Always doing well. Always great to talk to you, George. I appreciate the time very much. So as I mentioned, late last week, you were at this conference in Montreal and uh, you, you you opened up and a lot of people are wondering, okay, uh, this, this fight was announced against Michael Bisping. Why can't it happen in July? What's the delay? What's the reason? There's been all kinds of drama, all kinds of news, but we haven't heard much from yeah. you. And, and you talked about an eye injury. So what can you tell us? What are you feeling? What's going on with your eye? You know, when the, the fight got, got uh, announced, the press conference, um, we knew we knew that we couldn't fight in the summer. UFC knew as well that I couldn't fight uh, in the summer. They knew about they knew uh, that I had an eye an eye injury, um, but we, we still did the press conference, and um, I felt very uncomfortable during this whole time. Um, you know, as as an athlete, uh, I wanted to tell uh, what was going on, but. Uh, you know, you know. If you look at every sport, if you look at hockey, for example, when when an, an athlete is injured, is always he never mentioned his injury. So he's injured in the upper body part or lower body part, or or he doesn't say anything at all. He's got a cold. As athlete, uh, for people that doesn't understand why we don't want to talk about injury because this can be used against us. Uh, but now with uh, this whole thing going on, it turns out to a very negative effect on me. So I needed to come out and, and tell the truth. I, I was 
talking with my my agent. Uh, first, they advised me to not say anything, but then the more the more this thing was was getting more and more negative, and as people thought I was like just uh, willingly to to not want. The people thought I didn't want to fight in the summer, and I was just joking. And I, I, I made them understand. I said, look, I, I got that on my chest, man. I need to say what what's going on because it turns out to a very negative thing. Because I, I know people, uh, you know, it's a business. People cannot afford to, to wait months, and they have a family to feed and everything. So I wanted to come out and say, and they advised, first they advised me to not say anything. I understand why. But second, they say, like, yeah, you, you can talk about it. It's a, Yeah, it's a, it's a nine, nine injury. And um it takes, it, it's a long uh, healing process. Uh, I had a surgery done and um, uh, everything is okay. It's just I need to, to, there is a lapse of time, minimum time that I need to wait before I go back and train, especially if I take a risk to get hit on my eyes uh, because it can damage because it's not, it's not, uh, my, my vision has not re- recovered 100% yet. It will be fine. Everything is fine. It's just I need to wait for the, the lapse of, of time that the doctor uh, asked me to, to wait for. Uh, and it's in September, I can start sparring again. So you said that you told the UFC about this. Why were they so insistent on doing this press conference and trying to get you fight in July if they knew that you were dealing with the injury? I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's contracts, a contractual reason. Um, oh. I have no idea. Uh, even my my agent and I were not very excited about that. We're like, it's better if we wait a little bit, you know. I, but but they they decide to do it. it. It was the first time, if you remember, that they announced a fight. I think it's the first time in history they announced a fight without a date. Yeah, that's for that reason because they didn't they couldn't we couldn't put a date yet because we didn't know. I didn't know that I, I was able to spar when I would be able to spar. I knew it wouldn't, the fight would definitely not happen in, um, the summer. This I knew for sure, but I didn't know what I knew it would be over the, during the year, but I didn't know which month exactly when I could be back in, in a competition. Yeah. And that's why. Um, was it frustrating for you as this story kept, you know, kind of going on and on and on, and then they were trying to get you to fight in July and the interviews and stuff? Uh, were you thinking like, well, well, you knew about this? Because even when you were on my show after the press conference, you didn't talk about the eye, but you did say that you couldn't fight in the summer. You said you were yeah. hoping September, yeah. October. So why was there yeah. so much confusion? Um, it, it was frustrating because first the, the negotiation took a long time uh, to the point that at one point I almost lost hope. Then, then we, then we, when we agree, we agree on everything. We agree on the opponent and everything. Uh, we shake hand and we, you know, we, we sign and, uh, and we, we, we agree on everything for the, the the new contract. I was very happy. Unfortunately, when when this happened uh, in parallel, uh, I had a, the the bad luck that happened to me to my eyes. So I need to get surgery done and and um, yeah. So so it, it's just a bad luck happening in the wrong time. And it sucks, you know. But you know, I believe it's for a good reason. You know, it's an eye. You know, you don't want to play with your eye. You don't want to be blind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Health has always been my first priority, and then after his performance. But health is always going to be uh, my my priority. Um, is there any doubt in your mind that you won't be able to fight again? No, I believe I know. It's it's fine. It's it's just it's it's a it's a matter of time. Okay. Uh, just I need to, you know when you when you get an injury. And you, you, when you get a surgery, you need a matter of time before everything heals. So I just need the time. 
when the, the window is passed, I will be fine, you know. But the earlier, the earliest uh, I could fight would be uh, after uh, October. So the, and now I know I'm, I know I'm the I'm the target, you know. Like the whole the whole uh, industry is going crazy. Yeah. But there is, you know, Connor is out now. There's Connor McGregor. Is uh, a target. He's the number one target because he's the biggest draw. He make the most pay per view. So everybody want to fight Connor. Everybody want to fight Nate Diaz as well because he's the biggest draw. Everybody want to fight me. Everybody want to fight Nick Diaz. So I don't take it personal. People say, oh, he's a coward. He's a this. He's a that. I don't take it personal. It's, it's business. People want to, want me to turn. People want want that I turn my 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 eyes on on them to choose them to yeah. fight them to so they so they're gonna make more money out of it. it it's not a secret. People who knows the the game, they know what's going on. But people who doesn't, they they think, oh, he's a, he's he's a coward of this. And it's not normal for Michael Bisping. I understand the situation. But he's got a, a knee injury as well, you know, and I'm still hoping that the fight will will uh, will work. So for me, Michael Bisping is the is the is the the best opponent for me because I, I always said that if I would come back, it would be to do something different that I haven't done yet, something that I've never never done. And also, Bisping for me is the is the I always said that if I come back, also it, it will be something that I that against someone that can elevate me and that's for this for this reason I choose Michael Bisping also he always he, he pays his dues in the organization he never cheat you know that was important for me someone that is loyal he never cheat never never use performance and anything drugs so for me I'm I'm proud to 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 you know because it's always a risk when you fight you take a risk you know so it's a win-win situation for me and for him have you or your management been told personally that the Bisping fight is off? Because you know that there there, there were some uh, interviews where Dana White said uh, the, the fight's off. We're not doing the fight anymore. Yet it still seems like you and Michael Bisping are hopeful that the fight will happen later on this year. So have you been told otherwise? No, no. I, I mean, it's just what I've heard in the news. But um, Dana is, is a very emotional person. You know, he's a very very emotional person. You know, like and, and I understand that. It, you, you need to be emotional in this game, you know, like the way he is, Dana is the best, like I said, he's the best promoter pound for pound of all time, man. He can sell you every fight. It's crazy. He's the best. He can sell you anything like, like he's so good at it. And I'm sure if he, if he still want to make this fight, uh, he can, we can, we can make it, you know, it's, it's up to him. Uh, he said recently that you're going to fight next at welterweight. That's when, um, when you return, that's where he wants you to fight. Is that not accurate in your opinion? Um, I want I want to fight Michael Bisping. Okay. For me personally, that's the man I wanted to fight. You know, as much as I respect him as an athlete, you know, even though he's been very arrogant and uh, cocky with me, I respect him as an athlete. But if I fight him, I'm gonna hurt him real bad. That's that's I can promise you. Do you not like him anymore? Have you changed your thoughts on him? <laughs> well, he said a lot of a lot of stupid stuff. You know. And, uh, well, I, not that I don't like him, his business, you know, after the fight is going to be done, but, uh, I think I got, I got some issues to resolve with him, uh, as it is right now. Um, and so, you know, so the, the delay in telling people why you couldn't fight and the UFC didn't tell us, 
that led to a lot of middleweights being unhappy, as you may have heard. Like Luke Rockhold was unhappy. A lot of these guys came out. Uh, Anderson Silva. Was that strange for you? You know, to hear all these people sort of complain. I mean, there should be such such great excitement surrounding your return, and now you're kind of being blamed for holding up the division, and Bisping's being blamed. How are you reacting to all of this? I, I understand their position. Uh, I understand their position. They're angry. Everybody is angry, and it's normal. But they're angry also because they want what I have. They they want my status. They they want my my the money, the banking account. They want the 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 popularity. So by beating uh, someone like Bisping or or beating Bisping or beating me, they think they're gonna win that automatically. But it take more than that. It take a long time to build up build up stuff like that. You know. If you're, for example, if you go, if you go in a autograph signing and you're an asshole to people, you don't give them attention. And in everyday life, you're an asshole. You don't don't expect to to have a nice uh, face ba- f- uh, f- uh, fan base. You know what I mean? Uh, I think you need to stay authentic. It, 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 people think it's just by winning a fight you you're gonna be a you're gonna be a, a star. It doesn't work like that. It, it helps, of course. The result helps, but it's a. Uh, if, if I make the success, it's because it, the success I, I have is because I've been working on over my life, you know? It's hard sometimes, you know? You try to be nice to people. You you don't always have a nice day every, in every day's life. But the fans that come to see you, they deserve you 100%. They deserve your attention 100%. That they deserve that you treat them with respect. And, and, and this is something that is very important. It's something that I have understand all my life. And I think that's one of the reasons why I, I, I was a big draw when I was fighting as a welterweight, um, and I, I still am. And that's something a lot of fighters they, they don't realize. It's only fighting, and, and that's it. It doesn't. Your job doesn't stop at fighting. It stop. You're an entertainer. It's everyday life. You know. Um, what happens, you know, they're doing this interim uh, middleweight title fight between Romero and, and Whitaker on July 8th. What happens if that fight happens and then they say, Michael, you have to fight the winner of that fight and we're not doing the GSP fight anymore. We want him to fight a welterweight. What are you going to do then? I, I don't know. I, you know, in, in MMA, is so many things happening. Yeah. I, it's up to, to Michael. You know, if Michael want to, you know, as, 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 a, as, as what I've heard I think Michael Bisping is interesting of fighting me more than everybody else. And I'm more interesting of fighting him more than everybody else because we have each other. We have more to gain. You know, it's a win-win situation. It's not only only a win situation for UFC. It's a win-win situation for us. So we, we put a lot of that on the line. We can lose big, but we can win big as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if I come back to fight any, anybody, I can lose big, but I win, but not as big as this. You know, I try to, to come back to rewrite history to get the biggest fight as possible. And Michael Bisping, for me right now, is the guy that I have the highest stock. Is it because he's the champion? Like, if, if, if they strip him of the belt for whatever reason, are you less interested in fighting him? He's, you know, the belt is, is an object. If he, yeah, of course, if, if he lose the belt, he lose the title, but he, for me, he's still the champion. He's the one that, he works hard, you know, he's a hard worker. He's a, he's a guy that, that pays his dues in, in the organization. He's got the most uh, successful UFC career. He's got the most win, and uh, he, he beat the best. So for me, right now, he's the, he's the main guy. And he's also, he represents an, another challenge Something that I never attempt before to fight outside of my my weight category, uh-huh. and it's something that now I had time to try to put on some some weight. I did, 
Uh, of course, he's still going to be bigger than me. He's going to have the size advantage. But what I want to do during this fight is I want to I want to prove that technique and skill can over over uh, can can beat size and strength. Yeah, he was even making fun of your physique. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I saw that 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 picture. I'm yeah. like, it, it's disgusting. <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm like, I, and and they, people are asking me like, are you? That you took this picture on purpose. I'm like, man, I have no idea when this picture came out. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's really bad. I have no idea. I, I must have been inhaling or whatever. I, it looked terrible. Terrible. Like maybe the light, the light make it look bad. I have no idea. It's, I have, it's, it's crazy. It is really crazy. So you, your belly isn't that big is what you're saying, really? <laughs> no, no, okay. it's not. I just did a photo shoot this morning and it, it's nice. It's fine. I'm in the best shape of my life right now. How much do you weigh right now? I'm about um, 195, one, 197. Do you want to get bigger before cutting? Or? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually bigger. Okay. I was one, 185 before, and now I'm 190, between 195, 197, so I'm, I'm much bigger now. I gained 10 pounds. I, I, the first time in my life, I, I, I got into a diet. I never dieted in my life before. Wow. I got into a, a specific diet. I spend money. I invest uh, on training and everything just to gain weight for that particular fight. So for me, mindset, I was already mine to fight Michael Bisping. So that's why I'm, and the people who knows me, I'm a, you know, when I get minded on something, I'm, I'm very hard to, to, to distract. So it, that's why it, I, I shake and I was really minded on that. I was still thinking about strategy and stuff that, uh, and visualization, everything was focused on bisping. That's why I wanted that fight so bad. So when I got to the studio this morning, I actually received a text message from Tyron Woodley, the welterweight champion. And he said he wanted me to tell you this, tell George, quit playing all of us. If he's coming back, come back. If not, you are a legend and retire a great. Nobody got time for the emotional roller coasters. That's what Tyron Woodley wanted to say to you. Oh, it's nice. I was expecting more something <laughs> like, oh, you're a coward. Uh, you don't want to fight me. It's a nice thing for him. He's nice. This is nice. Do you have any interest in this, fighting him? This is a different. This is a different song than what you have said uh, in the earliest uh, interview. Yeah, <laughs> which is nice. I appreciate. Do, do, do you have any interest in fighting him or not really? Yeah, but uh, I, I I do. But now, like I said, I was focused on Brisbane. Yeah, and and it's listen. It's nobody. I'm not afraid of nobody. It's not a. It's there is things that I can gain from people and things that I can lose. People that are fighting to, to be successful in this, in this business, it's not about who got the biggest ball. This is not what it's about. You need to, to always think about what this person can uh, make you gain and what you can lose. Yeah. So you need to analyze what can you gain from that and what can you lose. I have much more to lose, I have much more to gain by fighting Michael Bisping and fighting uh, uh, Tyron Woodley, it's I don't say that 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 I'm not gonna, I don't want to fight him. It's I said like right now my next move I have much more to gain fighting uh, Bisping, and and it, Tyron Woodley is is the champion now. I don't know who he's gonna fight next. He, he, he said he had a, a, another fight uh, coming up, like a, uh, a surprise fight. Mm. maybe his stock will go high. And maybe after I'm fighting Bisping, maybe I will be like, no, 
Now it's time I go back uh, welterweight and I fight Tyron Woodley, you mm. know? Uh, and I go back and I fight Tyron Woodley when he's champion, if he's still champion, you know? And, and if he's still champion, he beat another guy, his stuff will go high, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, that's how it works, you know. That this this you never know what's gonna happen in this business, you know. Like if you look at the biggest draw, uh, Conor McGregor, he, he didn't become Conor McGregor uh, in one day. He came in he, after a few wins. I think he really exploded after his win with with uh, Jose Aldo. You know, you, ne you never know. Maybe his next uh, fight, uh, Woodley, would be a an amazing uh, fight, and then boom, like people, his, his stuff will explode, you know, and he, he will be the man, you know, will be the man to beat that everybody wants to want him, what want his place, yeah, and and that's that's how it goes in this business. It's not a, you need to if you want to be successful, that's how it works, you know. You say who who what can I gain from this and what can I lose, you know. I'm aware of what can I lose. I wanna I wanna get I wanna see what can I gain. Uh, not that long ago, you were at Madison Square Garden to watch a hockey game and you tweeted something like, oh, maybe, you know, I'll fight here. And I know that they're planning on coming back uh, November 4th. That's the plan right now. Does that make most sense for you? Would you like your return fight to be at MSG in November? Man, I really, when I went to see the hockey, all the people in, in MSG, they all came to see me. All the, the director, all the people that, that are that are in the marketing they all came to see me to say hey november i want you to fight here i want you to, uh -huh. to come and fight in, in msg so right away i couldn't i couldn't uh stop thinking about michael bisping and i fighting in, in msg i thought it would for me that would be the best scenario i don't know how it sounds to you and how it sounds to the fans but i think it would be it would be a nice a nice scenario but um uh, when it happened uh, at the time, people didn't know. Like I, I, I was not, I, I was advised to not talk about my eyes and my eye injury and everything. And it, and it was, it was very bothering me. This whole, this whole thing. Yeah. Do you, do you regret the way it all happened? In, in hindsight, you wish that the press conference never happened. That you were able to just come out and 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 say what's going on, your timeline, your injury, so that none of this would have happened the last few months. I, I am I am a, a fighter. I'm an athlete. I have people. I have a team. Everybody has advisors, uh, and I was advised to not talk about it. Uh -huh. to not talk about my my injury. As an athlete, you, you don't want to talk about these things. Sure. If if you know about it now, it's because this whole thing became out of proportion, and it turns out to a very negative thing. Uh, uh, you know, I, we all have as athlete all have injuries sometimes, and we don't want to talk about this. You know, because it. it you a, a weaknesses, you know, something that your opponent can explore and, and for your image also as your brand, you don't want to talk about injuries. That's, that's something that you don't want people to be aware of. And that's, if I talk about it, it's because I was, I didn't have a choice. Uh-huh. Do you, do you feel like you need to talk to Dana White? Cause he said he was not going to wait for you anymore and he was getting frustrated. Do you feel like you need to clear the air with him or is that not necessary? Yeah, maybe I, I I don't know I I yeah I guess I guess I guess I should I guess I should talk to him um, uh, but things things with Dana is is hard you know sometimes because I have people that that their job is public relation and how they yeah. they deal with the UFC people and uh, sometimes all the stuff that I heard from Dana is from the the reporter so stuff that. That that I uh, that I hear all all the time are with the reporter, you know, like so I, I it explodes like a bomb. I never yeah. I, that I that I that I don't know, you know what I mean. 
So I guess it's the same thing for him on his side, you know. But he has, I think he's in he's in uh, he's in contact with with my, one of my agents, Nick, and he's uh, he's in good contact with him, and and that's how they talk. But maybe now it would be that time, I guess. I don't know. But but to be clear, you didn't know when he came out and said that the fight was off. They hadn't told you yet, right? You found out like all of us via the media. No, but to to his own defense. I, uh, I, I put him a, I, we put a video uh, saying that we couldn't fight uh, before uh, November, like yeah. uh, before the end of October. So we could, you know what I mean? So maybe that's why this whole thing happened. Maybe we thought it would be a good thing to, to do that, but maybe, we, I, I don't know. I, uh, like I said, is the way I, that, that's sometimes when I, when, when we talk to UFC, it's really business related too. Yeah. So you need to, before before uh, we talk to UFC, we need to to be to talk to my advisors and say what they think or what we should say, what we, we should not say. This whole this whole thing is a freaking game, you know. Like that's how it is. The whole that's that's how it is, man. This is a business, you know. Fight, fighting now, I start doing it. It was fun, and it was competition. It was it was now it's for business, and that that's how uh, people should. Uh, that's how people should treat it, uh, for sure. It's a business, you know? It's the same thing for, for everyone. And so to be clear, once and for all, you want to fight again. You're planning on fighting again this year, October, November, and you want to fight Michael Bisping. Is that all accurate? Yeah, no. It can't, it can't be in October. It has to be in November. Sorry, November. Be, yes, yes. And November 1 is the, the, the earliest I can do. Okay, and that's still the plan. You want to fight this year. It wasn't to yeah. make an announcement, sponsors, all this stuff. You are very committed to fighting. Yeah, we, we, we were uh, we were talking about Michael Bisping, and I was happy. You know, when I met with Dana, we talked about Michael Bisping. It's a long time ago, and that's what that was the plan. That was a guy that I agreed on fighting, and he agreed to fight me. And like I said, it was a win-win situation, and it was the fight that I was excited uh, to to have. And is there any chance? Um, lastly for me, is there any chance that if they, again, if they take away the Bisping fight, is there a chance you don't fight again? Like, is it all about Bisping and that challenge and the belt and all that? If they really force you in and stand their ground, could this be the end? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I do not know. I don't know. Um, I need to talk to UFC and see what's going to happen, you know? Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Huh, okay. Um, I, mean, I always said if I come if I come back it, it needed to be a fight that that excite me, a fight that can elevate me, that can, you know what I mean? So we'll, we'll see, you know, like uh, things change in MMA fast, you know. Uh but on the other hand, I'm I'm 36. I just turned 36, so I need to make a move soon. Sure. You know, when my eyes get get fine, I need to make a move and I need to make a move soon. Um by the way, did you but see One thing I can one yes. thing I can tell you for sure, Ariel. One yes. thing I can tell you for sure that if if I, I, I I'm at one fight for for retiring for good. This is I can tell you for sure. If I come back and I lose, I, it's this is it for me. Really? Uh, yes, it, 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 this is it for me. If I come back and I lose, it's finished. Why? This, this I can tell you for sure. Because it's over. I don't want to. I sell out of fire. I don't want to hang there to become a punching bag for the long, younger people. I I do not believe I'm gonna lose. I think I'm at my best. My trainer think I'm at my best. If I come, I put a lot on the line. And and I know that if I come back, it's because I believe I'm a much better version than what I was. And I want to go back to another shot and make, rewrite history. But if if down the road I lose, I pass the I pass the torch. It's it's over. It's finished. Wow, that's a lot of and pressure. 
That's a lot of pressure to put yeah, on yourself. It's a lot of pressure, and that's why I will I will be fighting at my best because I will be fighting like there is no tomorrow. Wow. That gave me goosebumps. That's, so that you're, that, that's, what, that's when I'm at my best. When I'm fighting like there is no tomorrow, that's when I'm at my best. So your next loss, that's it? That's it. That's all I'm out. Wow. Um, and you're not prepared to end it anymore? Uh, want- look, look, at my, look at my record. My record's provided yeah. for, them, for itself. I don't lose very often, so I could uh-huh. be there for a while as well. So I don't know. By the way, is it true that you told the conference in Montreal on Friday that during your time away, you partied like you've never partied before? Yeah, it's true. I, I live my life, man. It's true. I live my life. You live a good life. I, it's not like I was sitting down. I was training, but I party and train. I had great pleasure. I traveled the world. I had a great time. Yeah. But you're done with but the partying. Yeah, I live the life. No more partying for now. I always party. I always try to mix uh, pleasure, uh, pleasure and business. You know, so that's the key of life. That's my uh, my lust of success. That's right. The, one of the greatest moments in the history of this show is when you said that there are three things that you love in life. Do you remember when you said that? Yes. Do you remember what they were? Of course I do. Uh, dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Women? Women and, fi- and violence. <laughs> I love it. The, one of the greatest lines in the history of this show. I love that line. Amazing. And, and are, there, are there still just three or have you added to those? There's three for now. Okay. <laughs> um, by the way, George, last thing for you, uh, Rory McDonald. Did you see his debut in Bellator? And and were you impressed? Were you happy for your friend? Oh, he's fantastic. He's the best he ever looked. Yeah. I'm so happy for him. He signed an, a, a new, very lucrative contract. Good move for him. I'm very happy. He's more happy now than ever. I saw him yesterday in training. He's, he looked amazing, and and I, I believe in his fight. He look he looked very uh, elegant. Uh, fearsome, very, very, uh, v- like incredibly sharp. Like uh, it, it was great to see that. You know, the the, the best worry I think is, is 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 coming back. You know, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. It was great to see as well, uh, George. We appreciate you coming on as always. Thank you so much for the time. I hope the eye heals up very quickly and that we finally get to see you fight. And, and I want to see it at Madison Square Garden. I think that's the perfect venue for your return. Madison Square Garden, you versus Michael Bisping. Let's see it happen. So I wish you the best. And thank you for, for coming on and, and clearing the air a little bit. I, I, I really, I really appreciate that. All right, thank you, Ariel. Thanks to, for everybody. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, all the best to you. There he is, the one and only right. George St. Pierre, one of the greatest of all time, the greatest welterweight champion of all time, the greatest welterweight of all time. So there you have it. Dealing with an eye injury, Uh, Hoping to return in November. The UFC returns to Madison Square Garden. That's the plan. Last I heard, first week of November. What a perfect venue. What a perfect stage for the return of GSP. And and I do think that the interim middleweight title fight buys them some time. And I feel like now that it's out in the open, and I feel like because Michael Bisping is dealing with his own knee injury, that now people are a little more receptive to the whole thing. It, it was a strange ordeal. There's no doubt about it, and he admitted to it. It was strange to announce a fight without a date attached to it. It was strange to keep delaying it. It was strange to to see this public pressure. The whole thing was just a little awkward. And I feel like now, I mean, here we are in June. Um, November is five months away. You know, now now I feel like it's a little more digestible. And so let's see what happens. Interim title fight July 8th, and, you know, We'll see if, if George gets its wish. The interesting thing is, as Dana White has said, he wants him to fight a welterweight next. What if he stands his ground? Then what happens? And I thought 
George's response to that question was very telling. He kind of didn't really have a response. And, and I think that's going to be the next sort of hurdle to get over at this point. But if you look at the way the UFC is booking fights and, and the decisions that they are making, um, I think that they believe that GSP versus Bisping is the fight to make. And I, I, I still, as you know, as I said, when that initial interview came out, I still feel like that's the fight that they want to make. And, and I feel like because because of the fact that they booked that interim title fight, it, it, it tells us that that's still the fight that they want to make. We'll see what happens. So much can change. So much has changed over the past few months. All right. Uh, that's it for the interviews, but plenty more show to go. By the way, thank you very much to the good people at Facebook. This is the uh, the first time that we are actually streaming the show live on Facebook as well. So it's on YouTube, which you know, but it's also on Facebook. I actually had a chance to visit the uh, the Facebook headquarters last week. It was very cool. They're doing a lot of cool things in relation to sports in particular. Um, and, and, and I learned a lot about what they're doing as far as live streaming is concerned. So this is a, a, a cool next step for us. And so you can watch the show live now on YouTube and on Facebook. How about that? And, and again, I'll, I'll remind you that we're back next week on Monday, same time and place. For now, though, it is time for everyone's favorite segment. It is time for rick's picks here we go time to open up your ears and your minds mma fans it's time for rick's picks rick's picks rick's picks are lots of fun and his hair is in a bun because it's you already know what it is rick's picks yeah ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's the moment you've all been waiting for it's the new craze taking the world by storm yeah live from the vox studios in beautiful new york that's part of the show for Rick's Picks. Yeah. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. You were away. I was away. I was in Hawaii. With the Ohana. Wow. Look at you. Oh, come on, brother. Whoa. Easy now. Easy now, brother. I watch uh, Moana. Have you seen Moana? Uh, I have not. Seen it maybe 4,000 times at this point. They're using some pigeon in there, I, I imagine. Actually, not much, but they've got the accents. Great songs. The Rock is in it, of course. Hmm. Um, it's a big hit with the kids. We've got the hook. We've got everything. We've got the uh, the pearl. You don't know any of these things, but no, nope. it's uh, it's it's actually a great film. I, I like it. The, the music is just sensational. So you were there. Was it nice? Beautiful. What best was the place, occasion best again? Best place on earth. My uh, half brother in law was yes. graduating high school. Wow. And let me tell you, they do high school right out there. They do it big. Oh yeah. The, the ceremonies, the lays, you know, you trade lays with... Um, oh, you do that whole thing. With other, uh, other classmates. Um, they, they do it big out there. I was, I was very impressed. Okay. And where in Hawaii? He graduated in Maui. My, uh, my father-in-law lives in Maui. Okay. Um, and I also visited my sister-in-law in, uh, Oahu. Not a lot of social media posts about your trip. You kind of kept it, it was, on the deal. It was a whirlwind. I wasn't, uh, trying to make people jealous. Is this, um, is this like another vacation? Cause you just took a vacation. Does this one count as vacation or was it more of like, okay, I have to do this for family, but if this wasn't going on, I wouldn't be taking this trip. Or did you try to kind of combine the two into one vacation slash family business? If it's up to me, I wouldn't spend four days in Hawaii. I'd probably spend a little longer. So mm. let's just call this uh, getting what needs to be done, done. Business trip. And uh, seeing my family business, my brother. Trip. Yeah. All right. Um, so because you were away, were you even able to keep up with the MMA news? Do you have anything for us? No, nope, that's week, it. You only had like two I things. I don't got nothing. Okay, wonderful. Now we can move We're along done. to the news. Um, 
No, but really, do you? Have okay, anything? of course, of course, I do. Because I would have been fine just playing the intro music. Uh, you know, at some point we're gonna have to stop doing this. But shout out to Mike Heck yes, for making that music. Of course, that's um, it. Last time, I, th- I think three uh, might be the limit. Now, he sent me an outro song. Oh, wow! We're not debuting it this week. Why? But ne- next week? Not good enough. No, make some tweaks. Um, it's not that it's not good enough. It's that uh, there was so much Rick's pick stuff. I loaded it all in, and and that uh, that we'll have to wait till next week. Okay. But we now There's have an outro for next song week. as well. Mike Heck, uh, the man. Okay, let's start with uh, number one. The first Rick's pick oh. is going to be a clip from Instagram. This is from Matt Sarah's Instagram. Oh, great. I saw this a thousand times. Go ahead, yes. Wow. Um, here we see Matt Sarah showing BJJ principles to Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> what? No love for who is who is the snore for? Is it for Matt or is it for Neil deGrasse? A big Neil deGrasse fan. I have a poster in my house. I get you off the mat. Look at this. I mean, this is two two masters at work here. The grass is that chef, right? Oh boy. Now you come around. Yes. Now look at this. Oh, look at this. Touching your head is a broken shoulder. Right. Right. And by the way, that principles leverage. Doesn't he have a podcast? He does. Yeah. So. What do you mean? Is this part of the podcast or is this like an outtake or? Yeah. No. I I think this is just they had them. Look at this. I mean. That's just UFC was promoting this clip more than their Stockholm fight last week, for for a good reason. Yeah, the, the, those are two of the best at what they do, doing what they do. So, um, I think uh, I think this I think it's worth highlighting. Jump the shark! How dare you? <laughs> last week, you wanted me to go with things that happen in the broadcast. You wanted me to go Which with broadcast the actual fights. What are you talking about? You were, you were asking for clips that happen in the fights that everybody watched. And now one clip from social media and we've jumped the shark Listen, already. Don't get all sensitive. I'm allowed to have my take on these clips. All right. I, I think it's disrespectful to Matt Sarah, who you've oh, thrown some shade at, it. who you've thrown some shade Love at earlier in the show as well. I mean, Listen, we're trying to build to a super fight here. <laughs> I just have to gain 70 pounds. Oof. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on. Yes. Also from social media. This one from Instagram as well. It's been shown a thousand times, but it's still oh, worth showing. No, this is this is money right here. Set the here scene. we go. Wait, Mark set Hunt. the scene. This is from uh, Mark Hunt's Instagram. Yeah, we have his teammates, including yeah. Jason Momoa, actor Jason Momoa, uh, Aquaman in the in the upcoming and from Game of Thrones. Everybody knows him. Um, this sending Mark Hunt off the proper way with yeah. a haka. This is amazing. So let's uh, let's play this one here. Now, for those just listening. We have a uh, an octagon filled with men doing the traditional haka for Mark Hunt, who's watching. And I think he was actually kind of emotional about the whole thing, right? I think he was, yeah. The, the Instagram copy. Yeah, he was in very touch. For sure. Incredible. Boom. Mark Hunt, of course, on June 10th fighting Derek Lewis. Look at this. It's, how, do you, how do you not get pumped up? Yeah. I'm ready to fight after this. <laughs> now, which one's the actor? I'm not a big... Uh, uh, long hair right there. Oh, in the back. Yeah. Look, how, look how intense. I wish I knew what they were saying. That's your, next, that's your next evolution. Thanks, that's thanks. your homework. Look at this guy. He looks like you, that guy in the middle right over there. <laughs> that hair. Bun? Nice. Yeah. 
when my hair is undone, it looks more like uh, the actors, to be the honest. The guy in the back? Yeah. Um, that was awesome. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Mark Hunt sharing that was uh, fantastic. Next up, we're going to 1FC from Friday. Oh, yes. This past uh, this past Friday. What the highlight? Yes, yes. For me, was not an MMA fight. Oh, yes. But this grappling match where Gary Tonin submitted Shinya Aoki in 1FC's only, I, th- I believe this is the only time they've done this, the submission-only uh, match, uh, last Friday. We'll, re- we'll play the finish. This is from uh, 1FC's Facebook, as you can see in the corner there. How do you feel about a grappling match in the middle of an MMA card? Yeah, I, there's something to that, but what I think makes it relevant and interesting is uh, Shinya's past in MMA. Sure. And... If you, uh, if you saw the broadcast, they, they talked to Gary about potential to go to MMA after this. He's interested. And he's interested. He, you know, he needs a little bit of time, but it's looking like he's going to transition to MMA. And, you know, if you're... Hey, there's John Danaher. John Danaher. The man wearing a rash guard. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> if, you're, um, if you're, you know, an O&O uh, MMA fighter... And you're potentially going to be matched up with Gary Tan, and you're going to have a, a tough day in the uh, in the in the ring in the cage um, coming up. So, congrats to Gary um, submitting uh, Shinya, who we all recognize as a very high level grappler. Um, I think uh, something on the horizon for Gary Tan in MMA for sure. Great Matt also for One FC. We were talking about ACB. That's right. ACB last... sent us some yes. tweets last week. They loved it for mentioning the uh, the Matt. Wow, so you're going with this over the Ben Askren win and the Angela Lee win. Yeah, just think, you know. Ben Askren, dominant. Chugging along, Ben Askren and, and Angela Lee uh, both looked really, really good, but I think this will have more. But Chatri Sichotong, the CEO of one, posted something on his Facebook. Did you see this about Angela Lee having pneumonia? And they thought that she was going to pull out of the fight. She was really under the weather and still kicked ass. So I thought that, that was very impressive. Absolutely. She's now, what, 8-0, and and she's 20? It's unbelievable. And Askren looked great as well. So I thought it was a really good event for one. Absolutely. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, now we're going to KSW 39. Oh, Coliseum. what an event. What an event this was. Covered by our own uh, Mark Raymondi. Yes. Um, relevant and, and topical right now because of the attendance that was reported. Yes. Um, of 58,000. Uh, inside the stadium. Now they claim it's, it's it's the biggest event, right? Uh, or the second. In Mark's article, he's citing it as second behind yes, Pride Shockwave. Yeah. But you know, you never know with those numbers. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen the pictures and a lot of people were sharing this for Rick's pick, uh, for Rick's picks rather, um, it damn sure looked like 58,000. Um, now, yeah, you know, how impressive. close you can get, but um, huge event in Poland um, and, and were, you know, worth noting because it, you know, typically when it's not UFC, it's not it's not a draw, um, or at least as big a draw as that. Uh, cramming fifty eight thousand people into the arena, no small feat. Polish MMA is on fire, and you got to give KSW yeah. a lot of credit because I mean, if you look at their roster to us here in North America, it's like wow, this roster, you know, this lineup is what drew fifty eight thousand people. But they know how to book to their market. Absolutely. Mamed Khalidov, who's a big star over there. This was a champion versus champion fight. Also, Mariusz Pujanowski was on the card. And, you know, they have some other Europeans like Norman Park on the card as well. But, man, that is an impressive feat on their part. And plus, I mean, you see what's what's going on in, in the United States here with the UFC. Uh, Joanna Jacek, Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Polish MMA is doing really well these days. 
Marcin Held uh, suffered his third loss in the UFC. That was a crazy yeah, finish, right? Very, there. very crazy finish. Um, but yeah, I give these guys a lot of credit. It's it's nice to see. I mean, they can make a very strong case for being the biggest promotion in Europe. Obviously, outside of the UFC, um, regional promotion, if you want to call them that. KSW is killing it, and and the Polish scene in general, as you as you astutely pointed out. Um, moving along, more congratulations in order. Yes, two. Friend of the show, Daniel Cormier. Now I had, a, I had a lot of different Instagrams I could have pulled this from. Not yeah, his own, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, well, you know, he kept it. He kept yeah, it private. I appreciate I, that keeping it classy. Um, but I pulled this from uh, manager to the stars and friend. Oh wow! Uh, Danny Look at Rubenstein's you. Instagram. Sucking and up. and the reason I pulled this was not yes. because <laughs> I want to shout out Danny. Yes. But because I want to highlight one of the comments. And yes. If we have this full screen. You can see it right here. And you know, I don't usually comment on Instagram. Yeah, you know you're, that. you're you're not a frequent commenter. You're more you're more of a poster. Not even a liker. I mean, you're really just a very selfish Instagrammer. But what we'll highlight here, Ariel Hawani to Danny Rubenstein, would it kill you to wear a tie though? I mean, though, really? T H O. I'm sorry, though uh, spelled T H O. I mean, look at look at Cormier. He's wearing a white. He's getting married. Shirt. Yeah, but look at that tie. It's crisp. And, and, and Rubenstein just walks up to the joint like he's going to the club. I mean, not even wearing a white shirt. You got to be flexible. I, I appreciate, you appreciate the, open, the open collar style that he's rocking. I guess it depends on what it said on the invitation, which, by the way, I was not invited uh, to the wedding, Yikes. which uh, kind of felt like it was a bit of a slap in the face after everything we've been through. But I nevertheless, mean, not even a Skype the, the Monday now Tuesday after. Well, I wanted to give him some time, although he was very active on social media the next day talking smack. Yeah. With uh, Jimmy Manoa. Yeah. Um, Double actually, cheeseburger, the, as he was called by Jimmy. The best line was Yo Mama when he just wrote back to someone. Yo mm, I'd say Double Cheeseburger was better, but no, that no. was also good. But, but Manoa called him Double Cheeseburger. Yeah. Cheeseburger. That's no, what I'm I, saying. I, was, well, I just mean from DC. But anyway, um, Rubenstein, I mean, this is not what a mensch does. And Rubenstein is, is typically a mensch. I mean, he's got a great Jewish last name. Menches. <laughs> wear ties to weddings no but you meet a bridesmaid and you want to go out you know maybe you could take off the tie but i think i approve i approve of the i'd love to know if there was a horror at this wedding i mean did they do it up i saw them i saw them shooting dice (laughs) oh boy they did have um (laughs) (laughs) we have dc on is he Um, on yeah here he is on the phone right now call him up where's my invitation where is the invitation daniel i love weddings it's wedding season Congratulations to Congratulations DC and his, uh, his DC bride, and Selena. And um, they have two kids. It's a beautiful thing that they were able to get married after all these years. And how about Alexander Gustafson one-upping him the next day and proposing in the cage? I mean, if that's not the makings of a fight now at light heavyweight, then I don't know what is. He's, 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 you think that that's it's what gamesmanship. he's doing? It's wow. gamesmanship. And I appreciate it from Alexander Gustafson, who had... Uh, an absolutely tremendous performance and uh, credit to Glover as well for making that fight what it was. Um, it would have been very easy to just go away and and he did not. That's for damn sure. John um, Jones still engaged. So it seems like Dana Cormier went up to him. Right? And, yeah. Uh, so Cormier is the leader in the clubhouse followed by <laughs> Gustafson followed by or no, I no, actually if, jo- think- if Jones is engaged then he he's still ahead of Gustafson but Gustafson has, has a chance to pull yeah. uh, ahead. And now, finally, you knew it had to be done. We're going with a clip from the MMA Beat earlier this week. Oh, here we go. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Everybody's yes, was... all-time favorite episode of the MMA beat. Well, except yeah. for the one that I was on. It's your fault. Except for the one that I was on. This is all your fault. I, I have a feeling it's not all my fault that it stemmed from something else, but I was involved. Okay, let sure. me just set the scene here, all right? We're yeah, why don't you in, set this up? We're, we're, we're sitting in the studio, and uh, they, they tell us, t- you know, to their credit, uh, Nick, the, the great director he's not in today, uh, says uh, we've got a minute left. All right, a minute left. Says it over the loudspeaker. But usually we'll get like a 20 seconds, a 10 seconds, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Well, I guess, I guess no one got that part, and, so, and I didn't get it. And so I start to see there's a little screen over there uh, I, I I see that you know it's like the the graphic is playing and I'm like oh I guess we're starting but the other guys didn't notice that so as you can see Chuck is fixing his hat Luke isn't ready and I, I start to laugh and so that's what happened and you could play that part and then I'll pause and tell you why I continue to laugh after that. Let's roll it and ke- and keep the mics up. I want to hear Ariel's reaction to this. You see, well, you hear you hear Luke breathing. <laughs> Look at Luke. Look at <laughs> yeah. Luke is breaking already. <laughs> so I didn't know we were going live. <laughs> you see, and that it just made me laugh. And the problem is, well, once I start laughing, and all of a sudden you start laughing. You know what? I'll, I can't stop. <laughs> Don't dare call this the A team. My my phone is. And then you start calling me. New York Rick. New York Rick. In the middle of the show. New York Rick. This selfish bastard starts calling me when we're live. Now pause it. Inside our New York City studio, I was gonna say. It's raining out. What? Okay. What? Why did you? <laughs> there's DC again. <laughs> uh, why, why did you call me when I was live? Listen, I was in Hawaii. I've been up since 4 a.m. local time. My my whole you know Oops. sense of timing and all that was thrown off. I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know there was MMA. I didn't even know it was Thursday. So what do you mean? You didn't know it was Thursday? No, man. I felt like you were there for eight weeks. Yeah, but that's a long that's a long trip. That's a that's a 12 hour from East Coast. Um, uh, that's a 12 hour from East Coast flight and, and six hour time. It was very course. rude. So what did I you was, want? What did you want? Phenomenal. I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> yeah. I was just checking in on you. I just wanted to say, hey, Ariel, um, you're one of my best friends in the entire world. How are you doing? Um, I hope you're well. Uh, I've landed safely. Because you, you asked me, you said, please, whatever you do, as soon as you land, please call me uh, so that I know you're okay. And uh, I wanted to make good on that promise to let you know that I was all right. Yeah, well, you ruined good. it. And um, then I was distracted. Okay, keep playing. All right, now let's let's roll out the rest. You know what? I, I, he threw me off. <laughs> Don't dare call this the A team. My my phone is ringing. All kind. It's New York Rick. New York this Rick. Is, this is uh, a calling us New York Rick. This is yeah. a mess. We're back. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Halwani inside our New York City studio. I was gonna say it's raining outside, but it's sunny inside. Danny Segura is saying that you were back. lit. But I think it's more you were of a lit on that, than uh, it is outside. On you that Hawaiian that stuff. He's Luke Thomas. He just ruined the intro of the show. He's of SiriusXM and MMAfighting.com. And so at all this Chuck point Lindenhall right here, I'm trying to keep it together. MMAfighting.com I'm trying well. to and, not and laugh. Course, I'm trying Mr. to keep it together. I'm trying to keep it together. of the Washington Post, a.k.a. Is this the abridged? The man in the shirt. Abbreviated right, version. Guys, I can't recall the last time we did a show. Four of us. 18. It's been a while. It's a little tight up here, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) But it's good to see you all again. We have so much to discuss. Let us start with the bantamweight and flyweight division this week because they're kind of merging into each other. At least 
this week as far as now, the I'm, I'm losing so, it right now. I'm losing it. And then I look at UFC I look at Luke and I <laughs> oh, notice that he has uh, Pepto Bismol on <laughs> his on laugh. his beard. Uh, Cody Garbrandt is out of UFC 213. He's got a rapist smile. That's <laughs> the problem. And then he says that line. Okay. And now I just lose it. All right. Let's See, now legit tears coming down your face. Legit tears. I'm sweating profusely. I want to leave. I want to run out. I don't know what to do because I know that I won't get it back. I won't get back on track. Has been offered to fight against TJ Dillashaw. He had a piece of the Pepto-Bismol stuck on his beard. We were just talking about his obsession with Pepto-Bismol. He says he doesn't want to take the fight. And I just can't. I can't get back. I can't get back. This is so unprofessional. I, and I'm dying. I'm top. dying here. I, I wanted to okay, run out. I was so... That's it? I was dying. I wanted to run out. Anyway, you can watch the whole thing. You can watch the whole thing on our YouTube or on our Facebook. Why did it stop? That was it. I mean, oh, after that, you know, yeah. I kind of got it back on track. Right. I don't even want to tell you. You, I don't know I th- who really got it back on track. I say Jeff, but... He, he did a good job. He was very professional, but actually... I had to think about something to get back on track. I don't even want to tell you what I had to think about. Do we have a special guest on the phone? No. Um, but yes, that was that was very embarrassing. And I'm thankful that a lot of you thought it was funny. I appreciate you, you giving me a pass on this one. Um, humanizing whatever you want to say. I actually addressed some of it on the back end as well. Um, at the end of the show, but I was able to keep together. I was so verklempt. I was like emotionally exhausted after that show because it was so hard to get back on track after all the laughing. It's never happened to me before. It's happened to me in, 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 in life, but it's never happened to me before. What is going on? I really thought for a second, maybe I should just run out of the studio and pretend like this never happened. There was like a wave of perspiration engulfing my body at that moment. And I was very afraid that I wouldn't be able to get back on track, but luckily I did. Now, I was just telling you, uh, we, were, we were talking about Danny Rubenstein's uh, attire at that wedding. It was a very big weekend. There's a lot of love in the air in MMA, right? There it is. Look at that. Look at that suit. White tie, white shirt, crisp. It's like one of those hotel uh, those hotel sheets, right? A lot of love in MMA. Alexander Gustafson getting, uh, getting engaged, proposing. We've got Tisha Torres and Raquel Pennington, Jessica Andrade. DC getting hitched finally on Saturday. And I must say... I was a little bit, you know, I was a little bothered that I wasn't invited. A lot of people were asking me, why aren't you at the wedding? What do you have to say for yourself, Daniel? I sent it. It may have gotten lost in the mail. <laughs> at, time, at times, mail going over there, some, it gets lost. I've got a the- friend named James Stewart. Okay. That Christmas card until, uh, until mid-March. So, you know, you guys have bad issues with your mail out there in New York City. Oh, okay. So I, I should be... Receiving it any day now? Yeah, you'll receive it sometime in July. That'll probably be around the time. Well, I got to tell you, I was so happy for you and Selena. I mean, we're looking at a picture of you right now. Be honest with me here for a second. Danny Rubenstein shows up in a in a checkered shirt, no tie. You kind of thinking like, come on, man, you can't dress up for the wedding. 
I told him, do better. Yeah. Do better, Rubenstein. What? <laughs> I mean, come on. Throw a tie on, you know. Just make yourself look nice. You know, wear something nice and clean. You know, you look at everybody else, and they look phenomenal. You looked amazing. And Rubenstein let me down a little. You, you, had, that, you. you had that skin fade going. You got that white shirt, that white tie. I mean, you never looked better. You know, I, 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 think, uh, I think now I'm going to start dressing myself for Fox. <laughs> because I thought I did a pretty good job last weekend. Happiest day of my life, man. Was it, was it good? Awesome. Was it fun? It was a great time. Got to spend time with my family. Uh, we danced and we danced and we danced. Danced the night away. Tina smiled. Yeah, we had a great time and it was awesome. She looked beautiful? Yeah, she did. She made me cry. Wow. The moment I was trying not to look at her because I knew the moment I saw her and my son actually was who walked her down the aisle oh. and gave it to me. So uh, I knew the moment they came, I would have a, t- a difficult time dealing with it. And I sure did. You know, I, I teared up. You know, those, you know when a kid's like squeezing his fist trying not to cry? Yeah. That was me the entire time as she was walking towards me. Was, was perfect. Was your daughter the, the flower girl? Yes, yeah, she was, and she enjoyed it too. Oh man, that's amazing! Her mom, how beautiful she looked. It was, it was, it was a beautiful wedding. It's, it's, it's rare that you get to experience that with your, with your kids, and so it was very cool that you guys, that you guys finally did that. Now, um, I heard through the grapevine, is it true that Luke Rockhold was kind of working the room with the young <laughs> and the old? <laughs> Luke Rockhold looked for. Let me say the one thing about Luke Rockhold, he looked phenomenal. His uh, suit was impeccable. He was dressed to the nines when he arrived. By the end of the day, <laughs> he did not look so good, but he had a good time. Luke Rockhold is one of my best friends, man. He, he, he has fun. Okay, I'm glad to see that you guys cleared up because I saw you on Instagram writing him, so everything's good between <laughs> you two, right? Yeah, yeah. I was just giving him a hard time trying to get him back home, man. We got, some, we got business to tend to in nine weeks. You know, get home. I need you. And then he's, uh, he's a unique talent. I need him in my training camp. And then the best part was, like, less than 12 hours later, you're talking smack to everyone on Twitter. You didn't even take a break. That never stops. <laughs> I like to shoot this venom. Because I'm watching Jimmy Manoa. I understand. You know, you want to watch, you watch your teammate to be successful. But at what point are you kind of saying, Alex, don't look too good? Because I know you've already fought both of these guys super competitive. If you look too good, what if they let you jump me? It's like, come on. Just... A little bit. I understand wanting your teammate to do well, but do you want your teammate to do so good that he actually takes your title shot? So you thought it was a little weird. And I think that. I think that's what happened to him. <laughs> I actually yes. think that's what happened to, to Jimmy Manoa. I think Alexander Gustafson, after looking that good with his history with both John and I, has now positioned himself to get another title shot. I agree. Did you see what he said afterwards? He said that he doesn't think John is a good person, and that's why he's rooting for you. I don't think that's a secret. I mean, everybody should feel like that. You know what I mean? But what do I care if they do or not? Right. Ariel, here's the thing. I'm done trying to tell people what to think and how to feel. I'm not worried about them anymore. Yes. Whatever you want. Hit the buy button. That's all I care about. And what about that Volkan Ozdemir? Did you see that coming? No. You didn't either. Because I saw you. (laughs) I just don't get it. You know, Misha Serkinov. 
the guy that trades in Canada, you know, you being a homer. Uh. Sometimes the homer gets you, you know. <laughs> he's ranked number seven. He's yeah. got four wins. And Volkan Ozdemir has only one win. And then, boop, 32 seconds later. Man, every – and, I mean, we like – I like Serkinov. He's a great guy. You know, I thought he was a – I thought he was a better fighter. But, I mean, I guess Volkan Ozdemir is, is the guy. How old is that guy? Uh, he's he's not that old. I, I don't know off the top of my head here. I can look it up. But, I mean, who saw this coming? Did you know anything about this guy? I know Luke has actually trained with him. Lucas trained with him. Uh, said that he trains hard. Uh, I saw him fight in Houston when he beat Ovet St. Bruso. Yeah. I knew who he was, but I, I don't... I 27. Don't him, he's 27. He looks hey, like hey. Uh, the dude from, um, you know, the, the, <laughs> the guy, you know, Cesaro. He looks like Cesaro. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. That's good. He's a 27-year-old guy. Circonal's uh, pretty young himself, so got some young guys in the light heavyweight division now. Awesome. Uh, hey, hey, I, know, I know we kind of uh, you know, jumped into your life here, so I'll let you go, but two last quick things. My favorite tweet of them all was just, Yo Mama. Someone said something to you, and it was just hey. the response was, Yo. Now you're just throwing yo out mama. random things. That was the best. Jones going to knock you out, Yo Mama. <laughs> Just your mama. Nothing else. Your mama. What is that? What do I? Your mama. What? My mama. What? They're like my mama. What? Just your mama. Maybe he gonna knock out your mama. I don't know. Your mama. Deal did, with it. Did you guys do a horror at the wedding? What is that? You know, like this is something that we do at Jewish weddings where you guys where you dance around in Put a you circle. On the chair. Yeah, that whole thing. Did you do that? Yeah. No. 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 Oh. I that. But we did do a second line dance, and Jamil and those guys wouldn't. They would not. They would not join. He said it was just too weird. They're like, you guys are all walking around in a circle waving napkins. They're like, no, I'm not doing it. Come on. Like, well, you know, we celebrate, man. You celebrate life. You celebrate a person's life and death. You know, the people in Louisiana know how to have fun, you know, and kind of put a twist on, on things, you know, great, happy celebration, the wedding. And sometimes and when people pass, uh, instead of being so down and out, you know, even in your morning, you celebrate them too on their way out of this world, you know. So I like that. You do a dance and a little, yeah, it's a, awesome. a little dice the day before, right? I saw that on on your Instagram. Little, my bachelor party, we shot dice on the floor. Wait, your bachelor? Uh, we had friends over there like it's moving too fast. Some <laughs> of my friends were like, it's just moving too fast. They're like, well, that's just how it goes. They said, why do you guys have to play on the floor? I was like, I don't know. It's kind of like how it goes. When you shoot dice, you shoot dice on the ground or on the floor. It's just the way it goes. Your bachelor party was the night before the wedding? Yeah, I didn't do anything. Wow. I didn't feel I needed one. My entire life's been a bachelor party. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very happy for you again. Mazel Tov, I just wanted to have you on because uh, New York Rick, my guy in the back, was like, oh, you couldn't get Daniel on the show after the wedding? I was like, well, quite frankly, I wanted to give him some space. I didn't want to have him on. You know, well, like, the thing is, like, I, I come on every Monday after I win the yeah, fight. That's Why it. not celebrate the biggest win of my entire life? Fair enough. I'm sorry. So I dropped the ball is what you're saying. A little bit. Oh, damn. I I, okay. I, I don't want to overstep my boundaries. You Last time you were on, you were on the plane. I felt like I was bothering you and all this stuff. So, I, you know, I didn't want to... I didn't want to get too crazy, but you know what? I'm happy that you came on. You're always accessible. You're always kind. July 29th. Here we go. Less than two months away. How about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Much love. All Thank right, you man. very much. And again, congrats to you Thanks and your wife. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. There he is. Daniel Cormier stopping by. And now Mr. Rubenstein weighing in on Twitter saying, hey, DC, who tied your tie in every single one of your groomsmen's ties? Except for yours. Except for his own. Yeah. Exactly. Where was your tie? All right. Well, how about that? You see, you call me out and I get the champ on. 
I mean, what what a misstep. What a misstep. Second one of the week. Yeah. Unbelievable. On me? Um, yeah, what, I mean, not first? having uh, the MMA beat. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a big misstep. Um, I think people enjoyed that, um, so don't be too hard on yourself. Thank you. Um, and that's it for Rick's Picks. Now, okay. here's where that music will come in next week, Definitely. but not this week. All right. Um, hey, we got a, a few other things to talk about. Let's hit, let's hit let's talk about the uh, women's bantamweight division. Excuse sure. me, the featherweight division. It kind of ties into the bantamweight division. So, um, as you may have heard, late last week, Jermaine Durandamy's manager came out and said, "GDR is not fighting Cyborg. She's a cheater. She doesn't want to fight her." And then yesterday, apparently, Jermaine has a private account, and so I can't see this. But some other outlets reported that she said that, you know, uh, I need to check out my hand still. And, you know, I always plan on going back to 135. And to me, this is one of the craziest stories. Like I, I, I have fought very hard with myself to not comment on this in, on, on social media because like things get taken out of context and you, you say things in 140 characters. But how the UFC has not come out and cleared the air on this situation to me is one of the most baffling moves that they've made in recent memory. Here you have a champion who clearly states that she does not want to fight the number one contender. Here you have a champion who is clearly stating that her plan is to go back down to 135. Why are you not moving on with this whole situation? If you want to be in the cyborg business, get the title off of Jermaine Durandamy and make cyborg fight for the belt against Katzengano, who seems to be very much willing and able to fight her on July 29th or anyone else. Why is this dragging on and on and on and on? I, I can't understand it. Quite frankly, I, I don't, I have, I have a lot of sympathy for Jermaine Durandamy. She has been through a lot since winning that belt. It was controversial. She, she, she got a lot of heat from fans. People were mean. Her account went from public to private, et cetera, et cetera. She's a human being. I feel for her. But at the end of the day, you are the champion. If you're not willing to defend the belt, you can't say that Cyborg failed. She didn't fail her last fight, uh, her last test. She was given a TUE, a retroactive TUE. So you can't say that she's a cheater. She failed once in her career. Absolutely. But that was in 2011. She's been tested a boatload of times, maybe more than any other fighter in the UFC right now. Certainly up there. I know that for a fact. You can't keep calling her a cheater anymore. Either you want to fight the number one contender or not. And let's be honest, the only reason why they created this division is for Cyborg. Now, that issue with USADA is what pulled her from that fight. In February, she wasn't ready. She's been through a lot, cutting to 140, all that stuff. But if you don't want to fight her at this point, I mean, the UFC doesn't have much of a choice. I feel like they are reluctant to book this featherweight title fight because they're reluctant to be in the Cyborg business. Her contract is up in October. Two fights left. If it comes to October... She's a free agent. They haven't signed any featherweights. They're not going to sign any featherweights anytime soon. There aren't enough featherweights out there. So just kind of move on at this point. But why is it dragging? I mean, it just, I feel like the longer they take to, to say anything, the worse, the worse position Jermaine is in. If they just come out and say, we're moving on, we're, we're abolishing the division. It just didn't work out. Whatever the case may be great, we can all move on with our lives. But the longer they take to, like they should have commented on this weeks ago. I don't understand what's taking so long. It's baffling to me. Yeah. I mean, I think you've summed it up nicely. There's there's a lot of um, questions uh, because there hasn't been, uh, you know, anything said 
um, regarding this, but it, it seems that the fighters are the ones doing the speaking on the matter. And so, um, and it just Jermaine, gets to be too much, you know, yeah, Jermaine wants to go down to 135, and she should have the right to do that. Um, but then that changes drastically how that division proceeds. It's an unfortunate situation. Here you have someone who wins the belt. I mean, I don't necessarily buy the fact that she always wanted to go down to 135. The whole thing was handled poorly from the get-go. The cyborg signing was handled poorly. Why make her fight an Invicta? Why force her to go down to 140 and then 135? Why do this title fight if Cyborg isn't ready? The only reason to do this title fight is for Cyborg. The fight itself was somewhat of a debacle with the, the punches after the belt. The uh, bell, the, the post-fight interview was somewhat of a debacle when she starts talking about the hand injury. The aftermath has been a debacle. The way the Cyborg situation has been handled has been somewhat of a debacle. The whole thing, every step of the way, like this featherweight division gives me such a headache every, try, every time I try to make sense of the whole thing. Um, at this point, it's just like, make a decision and let's move on with our lives already. What is taking so long? What is taking so long? I don't understand. And I feel like it's putting her in a tough spot, it's putting Jermaine in a tough spot to continue to have to explain herself and let this thing linger and linger and linger. Make Cyborg versus Katzengano make the fight. If you don't want to make it for the belt, let her ride out the contract and then decide what you want to do. If you don't want to put a belt on someone who might leave, I get that. Make her fight. Write out the contract. If you want to be in the business, if you feel like there's enough fighters out there for her to fight at 145, re-sign her, bring the belt back. Until now, I mean, she should be fighting on this card this weekend. She should be fighting in Rio. One of the craziest situations in, in UFC history, at least in recent... And, 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 and look at Katzengano's Twitter. She wants to fight Cyborg. She really does. So it's unfortunate for Megan Anderson. I can share her frustration as well. I understand where she's coming from. Uh, she thought that she would be signed. She's, you know, the top featherweight in Invicta. It's clearly not happening. That to me speaks volumes. They don't want to be in the featherweight division business. And I don't blame them. There aren't enough featherweights out there. If you go back, and I know people will say, well, you've been talking about the belt. Yeah, I said you should be in the cyborg business. She is a big enough star, a big enough draw to not make her cut to this arbitrary weight that doesn't, exists this weight class that doesn't exist 140 don't make her cut to 135 because that's unhealthy just be in the cyborg business there's nothing wrong with that just make cyborg fights until you don't want to make cyborg fights anymore that's it what's wrong with that she's a draw she's a star the whole thing is just very confusing and so that's the situation. It sounds like she's willing to get stripped. It sounds like they are on the verge of stripping her. They have not officially stripped her just yet. Cyborg is itching. Katzengano's itching. Megan Anderson is itching. And on and on it goes. Now let's talk about the men's 135-pound division. This is a bit of an interesting situation as well. Here we have TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt. This feud, great title fight between... Two of the very best at 135. They're on the ultimate fighter. They're supposed to fight July 8th. And as you heard, Garbrandt's injured, out of the fight. And TJ starts campaigning for the flyweight fight. And the UFC likes this idea. Why do they like the idea? Because they want exciting, sexy fights. And thus far, Demetrius hasn't had many of those. No fault of his own. The competition has been a little bit, you know, a little bit thin at 125. And so TJ campaigns for the flyweight title fight. UFC says, that's a great idea. He's a bigger name than Ray Borg. This is an exciting fight. Let's make it happen. To me, this is a very short-sighted decision. And they're pushing it, and clearly DJ doesn't want it. Why is it short-sighted? Well, A, TJ Dillashaw doesn't want to stay at 125. So what if he wins? Now you've just blown up another division. 
the talk of the past year has been 185 is stagnant. Um, 155 is stagnant. 145 is stagnant. Why create another problem for yourself in the one division that has been rolling for quite some time? DJ is one of the most active champions in the UFC. So you're going to bring TJ Dillashaw down. He could win the fight and then have him go up and leave that division championless. And with all due respect, I don't think that TJ versus DJ sells all that much more than DJ versus Ray Borg. And that's who they were talking about originally booking DJ um, against in Seattle on August 19th. Great platform for him to break that record. The, um, 10 straight title defenses that he has now, which is the record that he shares with Anderson Silva. His next would break Anderson's record. Here's the biggest issue with that fight. TJ has never made 125. This is a very personal fight for Demetrius Johnson. If TJ Dillashaw is booked against DJ and misses weight, it no longer is a title fight. So here you have a guy in DJ who makes weight like clockwork, prepare for a fight, gets ready to make history, in his hometown, essentially, of Seattle, what if we get to Friday morning and TJ misses weight? That's not a title fight anymore. Can you afford that? It makes no sense to me. This was a fight that would drastically outsell the Borg fight, then, of course, you have to make it, you have to make money, pay-per-views have been down. I just don't believe it's going to drastically outsell the Ray Borg fight. I don't believe that Dilshaw wants to stay at 125. He wants to go back up. And I also feel like it's playing with fire because the guy hasn't made 125 before. And so what if he misses weight? Now you can't make history anymore. Do you disagree with anything that I'm saying here? I don't disagree with anything. Last week, you asked me which fight I'd rather see. And it remains, I'd rather see Ray Borg versus Demetrius Johnson. The only thing I'll add, though, is your concerns about TJ making weight. Ray Borg is not somebody who's made weight every time. Yes, but he you has to, made 125. No, he has done he it before it in his last fight. No, I know he's had. You just issues. have to. You just have to add that to the to the to the mix that there is a possibility. It's a um, bit of a clumsy situation. There's no doubt about it. Of course, he's not the biggest name. He's not on the biggest winning streak. I mean, there's guys in other weight classes who are on seven fight winning streak. All this stuff and more. Yes, but to me, if if there was a big difference in in the pay-per-view buys that, that, that the pay-per-views that you could sell between TJ and Borg. Yes, you make it, but I just don't do like, do you really feel, you feel like TJ versus DJ does, you know, 500,000. No, I, I I don't think it's, you know, enough of a, uh, of an improvement in pay-per-views that it's worth bringing somebody down from another division. And as you said, you know, the possibility of taking the belt and then going back for, you know, a fight with, uh, Cody Garbrandt, which would then leave that division championless, um, is worth the risk. And that's a big fight. And that fight is worth waiting for. That fight is worth waiting for. I mean, look, if Cody is out for a year, then you have a problem. Um, quite frankly, I think that TJ versus Dominic Cruz too would then be the fight to make, right? At this point, you have to wait for Cody to come back and you have to keep the... To me, you want DJ to break the record because now you have another thing that you can label him with. You can now tell people, this is the winningest champion in UFC history. This is the most successful fighter in UFC history. No man has won this many title fights more than this guy, right? This is the guy. This is the goat. This is the king. This is the legend. This is, you know, this is the guy. And so I, I just don't understand why you would try to knock that off at this point with a guy who isn't a true flyweight and who, correct me if I'm wrong, has no ambitions of staying at flyweight. So now you have a whole mess of a situation at 125. 
It's just not worth it. And I feel like Demetrius Johnson at this point has kind of gained enough goodwill to where he could say, you know, this isn't the fight that I want. To suggest that he is scared of, of TJ or if he's trying to duck TJ, no. The guy wants to fight a flyweight. He is the guy in this day and age of, like not that long ago, Dana was saying, stop looking for money fights. This is the guy who's saying, no, give me the guy who's next. Give me the top contender. Let's go back to sport. This is the guy who you've been asking for. And now you're trying to criticize him for, for not taking the fight. And, and look, I understand. Fans don't have to worry about the bottom line. Fans don't have to worry about next year. They want the best fight possible on August 19th. And there's no doubt about it. For that one night only, the sexier fight, the more interesting fight is Dillashaw over Borg. There's no doubting that. But what's the long-term effects here? Do the positives really outweigh the negatives? Or is it kind of a wash? And if it's a wash, why would you do the riskier thing over the sure bet? Yeah, and this whole situation has been compounded by the fact that Benavidez is hurt. Um, Cejudo had to pull out of his last fight is also hurt. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a messy situation. I kind of feel like things are, are rolling along at 125. You got Borg next. Then you have Brandon Moreno fighting Sergio Pettis. I think the winner of that fight, and that's a main event, so they're going to get a lot of attention. The main event, Mexico City, winner of that fight, he'll be next. August, same time frame. I feel like slowly but surely things are kind of going back on track. Sure. I mean, I've said this, I've made the case for this and, and I won't repeat it too many times, but I think Benavidez is the, should be next. Now he's hurt. Um, but I think he should fight Demetrius again. Yeah, but he has an ACL injury. He's not. Yeah, he's going to be, equation. he's going to be out for a while. But, you know, the point about fighting whoever's next, fighting that top guy, that's the guy. Um, so when he's healthy, that that's what I want to see. Um, sure. You know, keep bringing in new guys, uh, who, whoever's, you know, the, the most timely at the top of 125 at the moment, give them, give them the shot. And I think Demetrius is game for it. So, um, I'm with you. Let, let's see Borg. Do Borg, DJ in Seattle, treat the guy like a king, hometown. You know, if he breaks the record, great. Now you can go out there and push him. You got that picture now. I mean, I, I, I feel like, yes, that fight is good. It's fun. All that stuff and more. But what are the long-term effects if TJ wins? And now you've just, in my opinion, annihilated a division that is taking some time to get on track. And having a, a king who's now broken a record that's a pretty damn impressive one, I feel like legitimizes the division to a certain degree. So we'll see what happens there. No real update since all the drama last week. Um, let's see what happens now. How do you feel? I've already said my piece. Romero Whitaker interim title. How do you feel about it? Uh, love that fight. Okay. Um, but what about the interim title? Of course, that was the fight to make. Are you okay with the interim title fight? In this, in this instance, yes. Okay. Um, the, the interim title between Anderson Silva and Yoel Romero did not make sense. Now, Bisming being injured, um, you know, him still at this point, you know, obviously plans can change at this point, having a fight with GSP sometime later in the year. Um, this interim title makes complete sense, and it's one of the only cases where it does. Okay, but if you do the interim title fight, are you okay with doing Bisping GSP later on in the year, or yeah. yes? Yeah, I mean... Because usually when you do an interim title fight, unless you're Hannah Burrell... The Burrell's, next fight has to be... Yes. Uh, no, I'm completely okay with that, especially the way interim title fights have been instituted at this point. Um, there's really no... There's really no prestige associated with... Um, one title more than the other. They've kind of been um, 
they've kind of been used interchangeably. So I think that the the defense of the interim title should serve the same way, um, and, and Bisping and GSP can still be booked. Yeah, me too. Not too long. I mean, if it's February no, yeah, now, well, now these guys are sitting on the sidelines. Listen, I don't love that fight. don't have fight. two champions, you know? I don't love that fight generally. Like, I don't think Bisping versus GSP is a fight that, like, really... You want to see Woodley GSP? If I had my druthers, yeah, I would. Um, I don't really think Bisping and GSP is that great of a fight. Like, it, you know, just stylistically, like, all, all it doesn't do it for me um, as a fight, you know, standalone on paper. So... By no means am I saying let's put the the real title uh, or the you know the, the the current title on the shelf forever. Um, but I don't have a problem with uh, getting one fight in and then and then uh, joining them back up after that. Yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. But I do like the fight. I'm happy the division is rolling along. Romero fights. Whitaker fights. Give the guys something to fight for, and then that buys you a little bit of time. Get to see the GSP Bisping fight. It was promised. Okay. MSG, nice platform for it, big stars. Yep. And and then we can get back to making some kind of sense at 185. Roy Nelson signing, you like it? Absolutely. Makes sense at this point. What was That's up with clear. Roy? Was he mad at me? I couldn't understand. I mean, I know Isn't he, he always a, mad at you. I don't know. I thought we're buddies. It's always it's always weird with Roy. Like you don't really know if he is But first Skype appearance, that was fun. Yeah, and to like, see him. Was he really mad about that? I don't even understand. Well, I you should have asked him sooner. I guess so. Sorry. Sheesh. It is a good signing. Yeah, make it makes sense for that division. And I think there's interesting matchups there, more so than, you know, fighting some of the middle and, and lower tier guys in the UFC. They'll build them up. Yeah. They'll have fun there. Mitrion Nelson Fedor. rematch. Fedor Nelson. Chicago um, rematch. That one I can do without. By the way, uh, so Alexander Gustafson, do you think that he should fight the winner of... Cormier Jones? Yeah. Has he to. jumped over his teammate? You've got to. What a performance, right? Uh, Uppercut City. Bang, 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 bang. It just means more. It means more than a win over Corey Anderson. You know, all, all due respect, it, it just means more. So my my idea was Volkan Ozdemir versus Jimmy Manoa July 29th because they said they wanted Jimmy to fight on that card. So make that, you know, I like when they showcase Volkan the getting a big boost, huh? That's what he wants. Dang. I mean, he was fifth ranked. What I like it. No, I like it. I like it. Are you, are you are you on the bandwagon though, or do you feel like let's pump the brakes there? I mean, yo, he just smoked. He just what was it like sixteen seconds? What a strange okay, knockout! But I Did think you see the Serkinov thing was all circumstantial. Like nobody was claiming that he was the best or one of the best. I think there was a thing where, oh man, he's he's talented. Um, hopefully the USC doesn't let him you know walk away. Um, a win over M- Misha Serkinov to me is not the one that. The that, same. That as was a an win impressive over. win. It's it's impressive. No, don't, don't let me. I'm more impressed with that win than the OSP win. No. Yeah, he knocked the guy out in 16 seconds. The other one was a split decision. Yeah, flash knockouts to me though. Like you know, <sighs> let's say this. Jimmy Manoa is a very large step up, and I think it will be. But it's the only step up. But yeah, no. Granted, I'm not. Unless, I'm not poo pooing the matchup. I like the, the matchup. The only other one that I up. like is Shogun versus Volkan because I don't feel. And, and that might be more more of an appropriate next step. But I think who's Jimmy going to fight on? I think on he's. July 29th? I think he's he's worthy of being in there with Jimmy. I just think that is that is a very large step up. Jimmy is Jimmy is a contender. Mm. 
I mean, by the way, Volkan was ranked higher than Corey Anderson. I still don't understand how he had one fight in the UFC. But that's the thing. decision and went all the way to five. Yeah, well, that's the thing. How does that the ranking is, is interesting, but... Um, I mean, that is something. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in for that fight. Let's book it. July 29th. And Volkan then Gustafson gets the winner of uh, Cormier Jones. Gustafson's comments on Jones. Whoo, boy. Those were something. Calling I mean, it's... It's kind of free. It's kind of free. Uh, free fire, open season yeah. on on John Jones. Everybody's taking their shots, but when he comes back, but this, there's no doubt about it. This was the best case scenario for the UFC because Jones versus Gus two is money. My opinion, best fight in UFC history. Jones versus DC two, money. That was a great fight, very close fight as you well. Mean, uh, are you talking Gustafson? Excuse me, Gustafson versus uh, Gustafson versus Jones. Jones two and Gustafson money, versus and then, Cormier. Yes. Yep. Jones versus DC2 is great it's as well, and that's yeah. happening. But Glover versus Jones too. Uh, no, no, no. And then I know Glover hasn't fought DC, but still doesn't really kind of have the same. This was the best case scenario. They 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 needed that next guy, and they have Jimmy and, there. Volkan again, slowly but surely things starting. And Gokhan's coming down. I don't know about fighting for the belt next year, but great if he if he wants to that's do that. What he if, says, yeah. Um, and it's good because Gustafson wasn't on, you know, the most impressive streak of his career. It puts him back in that conversation. I think people are, are thinking of him back as they did, uh, when, when he was coming off the Jones fight, you know, it's, uh, it was an incredible performance. He looked really, really good. Very impressed. What a finish. What about the proposal? Are you okay with in cage proposals? I mean, you, you do it, it, it. Look, that's the biggest stage you've got. Why not? All right. What I mean, there's something to be said about the reserved kind of, you know, outside of the public eye proposal. But if you uh, if you want to make the the young lady happy, that's that's the one. Let everybody know. Uh, I reached out to Courtney Casey to come on the show this week. Uh, she has an issue with the Texas Athletic Commission, but uh, she said that she was advised to stay quiet at least for now. Very strange situation where they claim that she had elevated levels of testosterone, but USADA wasn't on board with this. Texas, again, I go back to them making the joke about New York and the weigh-ins. And by the way, New York has now changed their weigh-in rules to where you can't touch anything when you weigh in. Of course, we'll now call this the DC rule. Um, Texas is the last commission that should be cracking jokes about another commission. So we'll see what happens. Um, Speaking of women's MMA, Heather Hardy signed to that Bellator card. They also signed um, two other fights for that card the Bellator card at MSG, I should say. Andre Koreshkov against Chidi and Joe Kwan. No, that's my bad. That's uh, Bellator 182. That's August 25th. Okay, ignore that. I just said that. But that is a fun fight. Andre Koreshkov versus Chidi and Joe Kwan. But the Heather Hardy fight, who's a great boxer, she'll be fighting, um, and she's kind of a big deal in these parts, at MSG on uh, June 24th. Speaking of... New York fighters, New York-based fighters, Aljamain Sterling versus Hannah Burrell, yeah, two fourteen, and Ricardo Lamas versus the Korean Zombie, also added to that card in the OC. Fire, flames. You like that fight for Aljo? I like both those fights. What about Burrell going back down to one thirty-five? Is this a shock? Um, every single guy that yeah. is forced to move yeah, up, that's true, comes back down. Every one of them. There's no, uh, you know what? John Lineker thus far has not, um has not acted on that. But every other fighter, forced up, comes back down. It's just, they feel natural in that weight class. They fought there their, their whole career. Um, no matter how tough that weight class is, they're going to do it better this time, and then they're going to come back down. It's just, just how it is. 
That's an important fight at 135. Great uh, fight. Stefan Struve versus Alexander Volkov was announced as the main for the Rotterdam show. Big boys. Big boys. Those are that's got to be the tallest fight in UFC history. Where's uh, where's our old friend flip the script when you need him? I know he's he never tweets anymore. What happened? Got to play the sad Hulk music. He's gone. What's um, that? You know the like uh, when when in the TV show when Hulk was walking down the road hitchhiking. There's there's, uh, there's oh. a, a soundtrack that goes with that. And I also uh, mentioned on Twitter late last week that. They're considering doing Francis Ngannou versus Stefan Struve for later on this year, but that fight isn't quite done. A couple of hurdles for that one. But how do you feel about that? No, Struve? no, no. See, this is what happens. Francis Ngannou versus Germ- uh, Junior Dos Santos. Are you surprised? A little bit. Um, <laughs> that's a rough fight for Junior to bounce back on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I you, you don't seem to like it. I mean, it's good for Francis. Um, you know, it's it's another it's another uh, fight against a, a big name guy that you know can add a feather to his cap. But for Junior, after a I knockout, think, I think you got to take something easier than that. Not the the number one quick turnaround too prospect that's that's coming up in that division. Um, who puts people out? Who, who's got knockout power? Um, uh, that's that's the tough that's a tough bounce back fight for Junior. Um, do I think he's game in it? Probably, but not the version that we saw against Stipe. The version that we saw against uh, Rothwell, I think, is is the one we'll need um, if we want to uh, compete with Francis. He's young. He's hungry. It, that's, a, that's a tough fight coming back. Very tough. But he wants to come back. He said he wants to, you know, not wait on the sidelines. He says that he wants to remain active. So there aren't a lot of options at heavyweight. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if the fight gets done. I uh, want to remind you, if you're a fan of mixed martial arts... My wife is uh, FaceTiming me right now, but then she hung up. Um, There's a show called Kingdom that premieres Wednesday, tomorrow, May 31st. It's season three. Good people over there. And it's their third and final season. It premieres at 8 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific, and it can exclusively be seen on the AT&T Audience Network. And they've done some cool things with uh, Greg Jackson. Joe Stevenson has been a part of the show other MMA fighters as well. Uh, Matt Hughes did some work. One of the guys from Friday Night Lights has been on the show. If you're an MMA fan, you like scripted dramas, things like that, it's a great show. It's called Kingdom on the AT&T Audience Network, and it debuts tomorrow, May 31st, at 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. UFC 212 is this weekend in Rio. How excited are you for this card? This is a pay-per-view. I will not be there. We shall have coverage. Esther Casey will be there. The Brazilian beast himself, Guilherme Cruz, will be there, but I will not be making the trip. What are your thoughts on this card? Scale of one to ten. Oh, I hate that. I don't know. What do you mean you hate that? Are I don't you, know. Are you hyped? Is the pay per view excited? Aldo there's Holloway. There's a lot of there's a lot of matchups on this card that I really like. Okay, like Aldo Holloway, I really really like. Yeah. Um, Does it bother you that both of them lost to Connor and they're fighting for the featherweight belt, or should we move on because he hasn't defended the title in almost two years? Time to move on. Okay, so this feels like a real featherweight title This is the championship as far as I'm concerned. Okay, fair enough. Um, Who's the favorite? I mean, is is Connor going to compete at featherweight? I don't know. It's hard to reach. This is... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then this is the real... This is a real belt. This is it. Um, Man, that that is going to be fun. Um, I I think Aldo's going to take it, but 
man, th- this is one of the fights I'm looking. You're picking Aldo this year. I'm picking Aldo. I think. Great fight. Um, who who's the favorite? I'm looking at the line. Who's the favorite? Aldo Small. Yeah, minus one hundred seven, plus one ten. For max one ten. Yeah, I mean that's that's how it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if it flips a few times between now and then. It is a great fight. Can't wait for this fight. Um, I also, I mean, actually, let me shout this one out. Okay. Brian Boom Kelleher. Yes, this guy. Our boy. He is relentless. New York's own. Yes. Getting the shot against uh, tough Uriel fight. Alcantara. That's that's a tough one to make your, your debut. C- debut. So In good Brazil. luck to Brian. Yes. Um, submitted a lot of uh, videos when we were uh, yes, giving away tickets to MSG. So shout out to How crazy is that? Uh, five months ago, he was trying to get free tickets to the MSG card. Now he's fighting in the UFC. Yeah. Right? He was trying to be a part of that competition. That's right. And, you should have uh, picked him so that you could have said that you went to the card with a future UFC fighter. Oh, boy. Wow. I don't know. I feel like that's a good story. Imagine he becomes UFC bantamweight champion. Well, all right. Now. Don't be a dick. Oh, I get to go to the, the event with a UFC No, fighter? but you could have been the guy to say, I knew that this was the guy I picked I him. knew that this, this was the guy a long time ago. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know anything about Aljo, Aljo vouched for him. He did. Um, shoe face on the card. Oh, a Sun Sao and, and Marlon Marais. That's the fight. Don't be stealing all my points. Marlon Marais is making his UFC debut. I kind of feel like this is flying under the radar here. It's and it's Mar- on FS1. Marlon Marais flies under the radar. He does. That's this kind is, of his this thing. This is how it goes. And it's on the... Who did FS1 pay off to get this as the preliminary headliner if you will this is pay-per-view stuff and i and i actually like it because more people will see it uh, yeah so i think good... they they're smart about how they distribute these things where you know some fights that would be considered pay-per-view worthy um i still feel like headliner. if you're asking people to buy a pay-per-view for 65 bucks you gotta stack it with the most you got you gotta put the best fights on there yeah like this whole, this idea of spreading it's, it out it's is not a, a bad sad. one though what, uh, you know what's not a bad one the, the pay-per-view the pay-per-view it's not look i i get it marlon you know, rice versus the sun Tzu is infinitely more interesting than Yankee absolutely and, i'm not saying you know, it's not a bad fight but this is his debut sure and you could have used anderson silva and it could have used sure. cyborg granted um That's but I, I like this pay-per-view no 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 it's fine i'm excited get to watch it at home very rare for Vitor, me who was previously gonna okay be well here's my away, problem with the now Vitor not fight. walking away yeah i mean the whole thing has been ruined the interesting thing is, how are they going to handle it? Are they going to call this his retirement fight when he is saying in every interview out there that it's not his retirement fight anymore? Like Anthony Johnson retired, and now he's saying, I'm getting that itch again a month later. Vitor retired, didn't have the retirement fight yet, and is already having that itch. What a bizarre situation that is. Who's the favorite in that fight? Vitor. I th- Slight. Oh, that was right? Okay, yeah. good. I was about to, I was thinking about reversing it. Minus 147 um, plus 150. That one's a hard I mean, I think it's kind of who gets clipped first is is going to win that uh, who is going to lose that one. Whoever gets clipped is is in trouble. Um both of those guys are kind of at the point in their careers where it can be a quick night and I think uh I think Vitor's the the rightful favorite, but it's it's very close. Yeah, I just kind of wish that he would have. You know, I, I'm used to people. This is MMA. There are no retirements. Yeah, but it's very rare to say you're going to have a retirement fight and then go back on that. I've. <laughs> is it? No. The only, before the, the retirement fight. Before, yeah, maybe. That's the um, rare part. Like, at least go through with it, do the thing in the, and the then cage, come back, yeah. and then come back a month later. 
But to actually do it before the fight is a little bit rare, in my opinion. I'm very excited for the Marlon Marais fight, as I said. I'm excited for that fight. I love the Claudia Gadelia fight versus Karolina yep. Pavlikevich because, A, they both have losses to Joanna, but they're both, I mean, everyone thinks that they're, you know, two, three, um, if we count Joanna as number one, because Karolina, let's not forget, has a win over Rose. And, uh, and I love Karolina on Embedded. Everything is, this is amazing. Do you notice that she says that every time about everything? <laughs> it's so amazing. It's amazing. And the UFC is amazing. It's good. Then you don't have to ask her um, how she feels because now I you know. Feel, I this feel is amazing. A, this is amazing. She says that every time. Yeah. It's great. Um, but that is an important fight. And I guess they're fighting, you know, they're kind of in that weird spot, especially Claudia's. Carolina can still get that. I mean, could you imagine KSW selling 58,000 Carolina versus Joanna in Poland? What could that do? Kaboom. Kaboom. Yeah, that would be very well said. That'd be humongous. Um, as you mentioned, Shoeface versus Eric Spicely, Johnny Eduardo versus Matthew Lopez, who was on looking for a fight. Your this boy. Is, this is not low on talent. This no, is, I'm this excited. Card. Silva and, and Yancey. Yeah. The great judo Jim Wallhead. He's on the uh the fight pass prelims. Jamie Moyle is on the card. Who's the uh the favorite in the Silva Madero fight? Maderos. That's a good one. Mm. Silva? Um, no. Madero's slight favorite. What do we got? Uh, minus one ten, plus one o three. Yeah, that's very, that's razor close. I, that makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's, that's this. Uh, that's a Saturday, and it's on pay per view. The main card prelims half of them are on fs1 and then of course the early prelims if you will are on fight pass by the way dating back to sunday 11 ufc events in 11 weeks coming up isn't that wild 11 ufc events in 11 weeks that's almost a full nfl season we've got stockholm rio this saturday then we've got new zealand the 10th, 17th, we've got Singapore, 25th, we've got OKC. There's a break on the 1st, but then we come back International Fight Weekend with the 7th and 8th in Las Vegas, got the 15th, Scotland, Leslie Smith versus Lena Landsberg was just added to that card. Hopefully Robert Whiteford gets on that card. What's taking so long? 22nd, we've got Long Island, 29th, we've got Anaheim, 5th, we've got Mexico City, 11 and 11. And you'll be there for all of them. No, I will not. I will be there for 7, 8, 22, 29. That's four in uh, July. Big. Great birthday month for me. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you very much. I mean. Yes. Before we go, maybe pop up, pop open one more button on that. We will Give me one more. What are you talking about? I'm Give me one a, more. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing a t-shirt here, bro. That's what we want. You have to understand. I've been sitting here for <laughs> almost four hours. It's kind of hot, although I asked for it to be hot. I'm not complaining. This um, is true. Now, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. You always like it warm in the studio. I like it cool. I like what, it, what is the? I like it very, very hot. Is there? Is there like something... Uh, technical to I, yeah I just, like is I there something don't, i don't like to be it? cold I, I i'd rather be warm but does it i like to sleep it, in layers i like to sleep in a in a t-shirt a hoodie um sometimes shorts 
and sweatpants over the shorts oh my Lord. and socks. I is just, it is it like a thing where you feel something physically though? Like, do you feel like you're, you're thrown off your game? You can feel the the effects I, I of it. I feel like I could focus more when I'm mm. hot. Okay. I don't want to live in a cold climate anymore. If I can move, I would move in a second. I, t- I tell you, Hawaii is beautiful. Yeah, I would love to to move there with the Bradas, the Ohana. I mean, Mahalo. It's on the table. Uh, is it really on the table? I don't know about that. Unless all of you want to move with me, that would be nice. <laughs> Um, but I don't know if I'd have a job if I moved to Hawaii. Well, I could do the the reporting, the event stuff and all that, but... Listen, they got to bring that UFC event to Hawaii should Max Holloway win. That would be nice. That would be nice. BJ Penn, Max Holloway, Brett Tavares. That's the fight? I hope not. Oh, no, no, no. I just mean they've got... I, I mean, now more than ever, they've got some names. Yeah. You know? Yancey, if he picks up a big win here. Yancey's on the... This is a big card for the uh, Hawaiian MMA scene. They've been very patient. So, all right. Uh, thank you to everyone who tuned in on this Tuesday. Didn't really lose much of the audience, which was good. I always worry about that. And thank you. Now, now I seem silly. I'm a little self-conscious, even though I am wearing a t-shirt, in case you're just listening to this. I'm not one of those with the chest hair and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I do like to remain a little bit conservative, you know? Um, and thank you to those who also watched on Facebook. We'll do that from time to time. YouTube kind of our bread and butter. That's my home. They've treated us very well over there. So I don't want to turn my back on them. Um, and thank you to everyone who stopped by as far as guests are concerned. You can hear my music. We are out of time. Alex in the back asked me on Facebook, if you go more than four hours, the stream cuts. So he bet me that I couldn't be less than four hours. And here I am at 358. So how about that? That's for all the haters out there. And Robert Whiteford checking in. Get this man in Scotland. What's going on? Here you have a homegrown talent, a fan favorite who is ready, coming off a great win over a UFC vet. Just put him on the card. Sell some tickets. That's my man right over there. He gave me this haggis. He's the haggis hunter, Robert Whiteford. July 15th. We've got time. Give him anyone. He'll blow right through them. Thank you very much to Yoel Romero and Ray for stopping by. Yes, they were tardy, but we appreciate them stopping by nonetheless. Actually, if we're being accurate, Ray was the tardy one. Thank you very much to Cody Garbrandt for stopping by. Get well soon. Thank you very much to the one and only Gokan Saki making his UFC debut later on this year. That's very exciting. Thank you very much to Mike Perry for stopping by. Best of luck to him. Thank you very much to Roy Nelson. Still not quite sure if he's mad at me or not, but I appreciate him stopping by and congrats on signing the UFC deal. It was great to counter that with Sage Northcutt. Welcome back, Sage. Good luck on July 29th. Thank you very much to George St. Pierre. Best of luck to him. Best of health. And thanks for uh, DCMMA himself, Daniel Cormier, stopping by. I appreciate that as well. Back next Monday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.